This camera. Episode 235. Uh, two I have three cameras I look at, funny enough. Uh, but I'm only using one of them today. Welcome to 235. TCP. New episode dropping. We got drama. We got roster moves. Those things are very much linked. We got results. Not a lot of drama in the results. And um, we got our first week of APAC actually starting. Poggers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's finally nice to see what these, some of these teams look like. Pleasantly surprised in some areas. Finally and... nice to cast. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, true. It's finally nice to do something. <laughs> say that much. I can't imagine what it'd be like or what it must have felt like just kind of like sitting and just waiting like, all right, like everybody's starting but me. Like, right. <sighs> Are you looking forward oh, to when... Are you looking forward to when the Shanghai Dragons eventually start playing Overwatch? <laughs> that might happen very soon. Um, I feel like it doesn't take them too long to ramp up. It depends on how things are going behind the scenes, but mm. I fear is, but by the time we get to the actual kickoff clash tournament, they'll be reasonable again. Yeah. More than reasonable. I think people so. are quick to forget because of their result dom dominance that this team was actually rarely ever super clean. They mm. usually like had like this fifth gear or sixth gear like oh no mm -hmm. reverse sweeperino is coming up type of thing and then yeah. they also lost early season matches and whatnot so mm -hmm. i feel like this is not out of the ordinary for the dragons at all yeah they struggled they struggled may melee last year actually and they they only started to get together towards the end and they lost to dallas and then you know i would even argue that uh june joust they they were good but then they had struggles against Dallas again in that final before turning it around. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it wasn't until probably you're looking at Summer Showdown that you were unanimously looking at unanimously looking at Shanghai like, oh shit, yeah. they're the team now. And that took two that took nearly two stages to get to. Mm -hmm. But yeah. um True. So basically what I'm saying is my theory is that Philadelphia Fusion, who are looking good right now, will make it to the stage final. Mm -hmm. with the Shanghai Dragons, and then obviously the Philadelphia Fusion lose because they have to come second. Yeah, And the Shanghai Dragons win the stage finals anyway because they get their shit together. Yep. That's probably what's going to happen. This is double like, a limb? Yeah. Hmm? Is it double a limb? That's a good question. I don't know. I kind of want to have like the Fusion demolish yeah, yeah. the Dragons yeah. a second time oh, th uh, 3 and 0, and then in the final they just get beaten. That would be it the ultimate. Double. It is double. Yeah. Oh, God. That's the setup. That's exactly how it's going to go. They're going yep. up 6-0 against the Dragons, and then they meet them again yep. in the final, and then they're losing like 3-2. Or worse. Who knows? I would love that. That's like the ultimate switch, yeah. and, you know, switch and bait. It's just like, there's nothing more... Uh, there definitely wouldn't be anything more disappointing and more fusion... Mm -hmm. Than them building up maximum hope for the yeah. fusion hands, like the absolute maximum hope, only to then still fall short. Mm. Yeah, that'd be the most perfect thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like I couldn't, I couldn't write it better than that. You know, and I, I do, I do a fair bit of script writing, but that would be, you know, shit. <laughs> Hire me, HBO. Jesus Christ. It's also AJ it Abrams ain't got shit on you. I feel like this is the my most satisfying storyline for the Philly Fusion would be if they actually don't make it and it happens like I said and then they win the mid-season invitational as their first one because here's the other thing 
There would be some negative Nancy going, There's just six other teams in APEC. Does that really count as a stage title victory? You won against the minimum amount of teams in order to get it. It's like, you're not wrong, but you're hating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look, actually, no one can really yeah. say that because if you were to say that, you'd also have to kind of... You discredit know, everybody's, right? You'd, have to, just, you'd yeah. have to discredit the 2020 titles as well. Mm -hmm. So, cool. Paris don't get their title anymore. Guangzhou mm -hmm. don't get the title. Shanghai don't get the title. Yeah. All these kind of stuff, you know, like, you'd have to... Way too much discrediting would have to happen. Mm. Um... How many teams were there in, in 2020 in the two regions? Because I feel like <laughs> APEC only had APEC only had seven teams then as well, mm -hmm. and I don't think anyone discredited nope. the results. So I, I feel like, like thankfully, thankfully we're clear of that. Thankfully, our audience is <laughs> true enough to be clear of that. True. I feel like the one thing that that discredits it for me a little bit is the current level of play that, that I saw this weekend, which. Like, sometimes amazed me in terms of, like, Philly looked very good and whatnot, but sometimes, my yes. God, dude, Valiant against Charge was shocking, bro. <laughs> that was pain. <laughs> that was pretty painful. That was... You guys, who, like, you guys are acting like the bottom half of NA don't regularly do that shit Oh, well. no, they 100% do, and they rightfully, Vancouver, that's you're right up there. Thing, that's the thing that, like, is really pissing me off right now. All these people are like, oh, NA wouldn't do this, oh, NA this, yeah, NA, and I'm no, like, that's... shut the fuck up. You're acting like Paris and Vancouver and, yeah. and fucking London don't do this bullshit all the time. You're acting mm -hmm. like Washington don't shit the bed and Toronto don't shit the bed and Boston don't fucking shit the bed. Get over yourselves. Shut oh, that, the fuck up. Like NA is so superior when most of your teams are playing like fucking dog tier anyway. Like, yeah. what are you talking? About? No, they what do play dog about? tier, but that particular game was actually unreal levels. I think like Vancouver on that day would have sweeped both both of those. Nah, nah, <laughs> oh, nah, cap, nah. Cap. That's cap, bro. Nah. That, nah. that should look. Both of teams in could have turned off their monitors and still sweat Vancouver. That that's what it would look like. That was actually happening. I thought I was watching like a stream challenge and someone donated fifty subs in order for both teams to play without sound. Like it's unreal. And like no cool. communication. Cool. Shit on flank. Still a better performance than Vancouver Titans. <laughs> I mean, so, that's also not wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Valiant could beat half the fucking bottom, half the bottom teams. No, the other games in, they played were pretty sweet. Yeah, genuinely yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Valiant are fucking pumping. Actually, they're kind yeah. of decent. Yeah, they would destroy decent. half of these NA teams. So like, yeah, yeah, all they these would. people coming in and talking smack right now. Jesus Christ. It's also like Real different Overwatch over there. Andes. It's not even that different. They're running a couple of different things. I don't think it's that different. Like people overreacting. You know, like some real overreaction Andes like coming through, acting like, you know, things are all totally wacky. I mean, there's a couple of things that teams are trying out that I don't know, maybe the NA teams have been less willing to experiment. Some of the things I don't agree with, and some of the things sure. I'm like, I'll give the team the benefit of the doubt here and see if they can maybe make this work. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, so Can get talk about the results in, yeah. in, in, in some time, but first, but first, episode 235 brought to you by Avril Vista Baby, Battlecry, Refined Bean, Bronzebot Bruhal, Chari, Commissioner Picasso, Chris R34444, Cashier67, Lolshin, Porkchop Sammy, Rick Sane, Bellamel Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery. First of all, we're going to talk about the recent news. Some of the mm. news so recent it only dropped 
breaking. Pretty like breaking break speed neck before our yeah. recording. Like news, boom, news. just right there. Um, news slash rumors. But so far, the reported rumors have been dead accurate. So you know, unless something changes there, looking pretty good. Uh, also, <laughs> when your GM replies to it and be like, mm, "This is interesting," we'll investigate. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, man." I'm not saying it's damning, but it's like, you know, it's, it's been it's it's not it's almost a nod, if not a confirmation. It's not a confirmation, yeah. but it's a nod. You know what I mean? It's a nod. Um, what I'm talking about here is all the stuff that's been happening over the past week with. Uh, we already covered the the Wagnaga situation on Paris, but also recently Halo reported that Marvel and Stryker were going to be released by Boston, mm-hmm. and they subsequently were released by Boston. There had also been rumors about, um, you know, maybe Stryker's attitude being a bit of an issue on that team, some subtweeting from Huck potentially indicating at that. Uh, just recently now, we have the new, the rumors... Uh, the reporting from Halo that says Muse and Finale are requesting trades, meaning that they want off of the team. They want to be gone from the Toronto Defiant mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. Beyond that as well, we have a couple of pickups. Well, we have a pickup. Just went to New York. Genji withdraw from Tier 2 and Contenders. So, uh, I mean, I, I have probably a little bit more context on the Genji thing, but where, where, where do we start? We might as well start with the Boston. We'll start with Boston. Yeah. Work our way to Toronto and see where we go from there. Sure. I think you you go from maybe some Ratatouille situations with Stryker and Victoria and or what is Valentine. that? What is a Ratatouille? You've never you've never seen like the is it a I can't remember if it's Disney or Pixar, uh, but it's like the story of like the little rat who like wants to become a chef and like finds some like bum who like operates him like a robot and like becomes like a Michelin star chef. I only I only know about okay, Ratatouille, but Ratatouille. <laughs> But how does that relate to the situation? I don't. No, it's like the, the meme. Everybody was like posting the meme was like Striker piloting like his teammates to play Tracer when it right. wasn't him at all. It was what was in their heart and their brain the whole time. Interesting. That, that sort of yeah. like seems to uh, the metaphor doesn't fit for me because I would have to believe that Striker had would have the mental capacity to even control himself. So that never, sure. <laughs> never made sense to me. That's probably why I didn't catch it. What is this? Sure, sure. Is we this, all, getting... we all joked about okay, okay. when the when the striker to Boston news came out. I'm, when I talk about news, I'm talking about way back in the day mm. when when he was announced to be joining Boston for the season. And I think a lot of the response from people in the know were like, "That's weird. Why would Boston rejoin?" Uh, why would Striker rejoin Boston? That seems like mm. bad blood brewing. That seems like it's just, it'll just cause issues. It seems like, you know, the last we heard, the org and the player did not get along. So what the fuck's going on there? Like, this surely isn't going to work out, but we're all like, oh, right, we'll see what happens. See what happens. But I think most of us believe that there was going to be a high likelihood of some issues brewing somewhere in the season. I don't think it would happen yeah. three weeks in. Three weeks in, so that's a that's an any percent speed like, run. It was going to be more like halfway through the season type yeah. deal, not three weeks in. But shit, man, it didn't take long. It didn't take long for the striker versus Boston scenario to just blow up. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It's sad because it's a good player, it has like a fun story, but yeah, if you can't 
if if this many teams are shuffling you about, then yeah, it's probably you know lowest common denominator here. Probably not doing too good behind the scenes. So it is what it is. Yeah. Boston looked pretty good without him. To be completely honest, one of those ones where like I back Boston hundred percent. Yep. Um, good riddance, honestly, and. You're still because I don't know. I think I think a lot of people want to blame the Orgs. Like, oh, I can't believe yeah. Boston fumbled. You know, they're not playing because used to be. Oh, they're not playing striker. What are they doing? It's a trace They're not playing striker. Um, and then and then they they hear the news about striker being released. Like, and I think in their minds, yeah. this is this is in some ways. I think Paris are loving this situation as well because it's taking the pressure off them by quite a uh, quite a fair amount. <clears throat> but the narrative has been, uh, especially surrounding the Paris thing, is like organization mm. evil yes. player innocent and good yeah no matter what mm-hmm. and then we go, then we enter this realm uh, and a lot of people originally i think were angry at boston like oh i can't believe you fumbled you dropped strike or oh, what are you doing what's huck doing boston uh they're shitting the bed i can't believe they're getting rid of their best player um yeah. and then obviously you know you start people start remembering like hey just <laughs> You remember the reports of season one Boston? You remember all the shit that mm-hmm. went down with Striker and Co. Yeah, you know, Striker's not exactly a fucking. He's not a. He's not you know, Mohammed Gandhi over here. He's yeah. he's doing some shit. Uh, and then people are like, oh well, you know, that's a Boston problem. Seems to only happen on Boston. Uh, you know, shock <laughs> never happened on Shock. And I'm like, really? You think it didn't happen on Shock? Do you? That's hmm. interesting. Okay, well, I'll just uh, I'll just. Eyes emoji that one and say nothing. <laughs> interesting that you think that though. Mm, mm. Interesting. Yeah, I'll also say. Uh, you, you, you believe that sadness. You believe that nothing happened on shock. You believe that. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Be very careful with that because I burnt myself on those situations in the past heavily. <laughs> but um, I'm not going to say it. I'm not. I won't say it. It's not my story to tell. But right when people when people are like oh he was innocent of the shock, I just sit there smile like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you believe that <laughs> even even then to like minorly devil's advocate right like it's really easy when you win but when you lose things become a problem right yeah. you look at the team you look at boston haven't done a whole lot of winning within the last mm, couple of years right shock <laughs> on the other hand they've got one title a couple stage titles two titles a whole lot of winning maybe Maybe I'll keep myself in line. Maybe I'll keep, you know, my attitude on straight. Maybe. Look, let me let me unravel that situation maybe from the other side. From all I sure. know, Boston, the organization, is actually a really good organization to not work for in terms of... Mm-hmm. Now, listen to what I'm saying, right? Like, Boston, the organization. I think everyone gets around uh, along with Huck, sure. especially... Like the they pay competitive wages now. They're not this you know money ball organization anymore. Like they have um, six figure contracts and whatnot. That that they are they are a professional organization. Um, there you go. There you go. Get the plug. And um, I've from an organizational side, there is there are no. I've heard of no complaints. The only thing that you might might hear in the ether is that they have. An incredible tr- practice regimen that is enforced mm. by uh, Lori, and that this can get very intense. That is the extent to which uh, I the, uh, rumors have come to me. Right, that's the context in which this re- news arrives at my doorstep, so to speak. Plus, what we what you hear through the grapevine 
um, about the uh, player involved. I haven't further investigated this because, like, Halo, um, like, indicated that he's looking into it. So it was... Like, he had the story before me. I assumed he had better sources in, in that regard. So, um, little little reason for me to, you know, heavily investigate into that. But, um, yeah, I think the result of that player not playing that weekend <laughs> couldn't have sp spoken louder, right? Hmm. And the best part about it is they fucking won without Striker, which yeah. is... Could not be more vindicating for the team mm -hmm. because I think they the, the org would probably cop a lot more bullshit. Oh yeah, if they lost, people are like oh well, you didn't have striker, so you lost. Yeah. Like, how stupid are you, Boston? But no, they actually just this, won without him. This which is, is the, the which is the ultimate. Like, no, we don't actually need him. This yeah. is the ultimate truth, by the way. Let's drop th some truth bombs. You Ooh, say what I'm thinking. You motherfuckers don't care shit about the players. As soon as the organization proves to you that they are winning. Like, look at how mad you are about Naga. Look at how mad uh -huh. you are about, like, uh, other bottom-tier teams, like, dropping their players. Look how nobody is mad at Florida anymore. True. Where's the, True. Where's the match about Mirror? Nobody cares. If you play good Overwatch, really? nobody cares. It's good. just want to bring up that I've been down this road again about three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> or two weeks ago. So yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Right, like it's it, it just like demonstrated it works. The problem for some of teams is like Paris can't demonstrate that to you. They're f too far away from everyone else, not least mm. due to their resources. Like they, they also their schedule is so fucked that they're not gonna win. Yeah, it's yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah. So they're not gonna demonstrate that to you to anyone for a while. So yeah, is what it is. At least not tangibly. I think there have been improvements, um, but. Yeah, it's it's tough to like rack on a the W. Board. Yeah, the scoreboard yes, exactly. won't give you that information. Yeah, you have to be very good at maybe just looking at it during games. Um, so the striker there's also Marvel. Uh, I that seemed I, tame. I don't know. I don't know about this one, but you, you can sort of dive into Huck's personal statements. I say yeah. personal. They're they're like PR, very much you know, PRified statements because you know it was the Boston organization. Posting mm. here's a here's a statement from our prison of gaming. Like it's not tucked in right on his own Twitter account with his own it's the Boston hands. White House. Um but yeah, it's it's to not to to paraphrase in a memey kind of way, it's basically uh, you know, Marvel was really good for us, great teammate, all this kind of things, but we had a mutual decision to depart and you know, he's gonna sort his own things out and we wish him all the best. And the striker mm -hmm. is like fight for our team. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at that. I'm like, if you just like overlay them and like play with the opacity a little bit, you're you're spotting some key words that are really yeah. missing out of the striker statement. That's kind of yeah. mm, oh, oh, weird. The striker one was just so like, yep, he played for the Boston Uprising. <laughs> goodbye. And it's, it's it's just very like strange that hello goodbye good to see you yeah. don't 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 want you here anymore. Very just that in the huck like. One player doesn't make a team thing. Yep. It's just everything combined. Like, yeah, okay, all right. It, it, is it it's also like a like a um like a refer what's what's it called? Scrabble. Like when your when your employer gives you like a a couple of lines for like your new employer to judge your performance reference. by reference. 
Is there also like a reference culture thing in the US where like the adjectives are very clearly like because in Germany you can't discredit like an employee based on you have to refer to them in 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 a positive way, right? So they now have codified the adjectives. So if you say he was always a good worker or whatever, good just means he was garbage. Like he didn't show up sure. and shit. Like that is basically like the subtext here is is speaking very loudly, right? In a smart way, smart like as far as I can tell, legally buff board. Uh, the contrast mm-hmm. makes it very clear. I think like well played, well played. We are a professional Overwatch League team with players, and Striker was one of them. That's true. That's and now he is not. That's a statement. And now he is not one of them. <laughs> Signed. Park prisoner came in. <laughs> Marvel in hand. What a what a great guy. You know he's Marvel's taking some time off. Got a message, Got a gift basket prep for him. I, I dropped him off at the airport personally. You know we embraced for a minimum of three seconds. Mm. Um, you know I, I phoned his parents to tell him that he was on the way home. Yep. Um, Striker was a player in the Boston uprising, and now he's not. <laughs> good good example oh, of the feeling of these posts. But um, I, I hope Marvel's well. I don't never heard anything otherwise. You know, if we, real, when it comes to him as a teammate, so you don't need three tanks on your team. No, you don't. So it does not you surprise don't. me that one of them got let go. Even when we talked about this originally, it's just like yeah. why are Boston getting three tanks? Oh, I think it's because one of them's getting traded. Probably Marvel, mm. right? And then it ends up no one got traded. Maybe they were trying to trade and no one was biting. Um, or. Or they wanted to see if they can make three tanks work, or maybe Marvel was already on his way out and they wanted a replacement. Yeah. And it just took a while for everything to get yeah. sorted. Yeah. If you think um, about but, it, I think Marvel has also never played outside of Korea, right? He has only ever played for the uh, so, yeah. Seoul Dynasty. Yeah. I think this is a big deal for all of Korean players, to be honest. Mm-hmm. To play for the Seoul Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just that, but also to be with family and like. Mm-hmm. Right, like if you if you I don't know if you guys listened to um, the the little thing that the Soul Dynasty put out with their players and whatnot, and then they interviewed like Smurf, and Smurf is like, yeah, you know, I used to have my own place for this shock and whatnot, and it used to be very um, very nice, but now I have like three people in my apartment, and it's like he doesn't care because he's in Korea, <laughs> right? Like right. Yeah. It's uh, you're literally like <laughs> you have a room. You went from a full like penthouse apartment or whatever. It's not a penthouse apartment, but like you get the drift to sure. like living in in your university dorm once again. But like mm-hmm. at least you're in Korea. Dude, what are you talking about? Yeah, you're at home. Every single shock player has their own multi-million dollar mansion just to themselves. <laughs> true, true. With it makes sense at the end of the day, right? In a helicopter, like you wanna. You want to be able to like ha- not have a life, but like not feel stressed about like daily interactions, right? If if there is a language barrier, you know, how am I going to be able to communicate this? Like, I know what I want. I'm just going to go out and get it. Cool, awesome. I'm going to run over to the convenience store. You guys want anything? Like, it's easy. It's just it's just nice. It's a nice life, and then you can focus everything on your profession and honing that craft or whatever, however you want to spin it. Right? I don't. It know. is inherent stress. I don't know what the the base reason ends up being between the, mm-hmm. the departure sure. for Marvel. Like it could be a multitude of different things, but 
I mean, if, if I was to take a very educated guess, it would just be that simply you don't need three tanks in your roster and that you're paying for two tanks to be on the bench where you could just be for paying sure. for one tank to be on the bench and at least it's yeah. actually getting playtime. Um, there's no way to like sub in three different tank players, so one of them was always going to be on the way out in some regards. And that combined no. with Marvel's probably there like, well, I guess I'll just go back to Korea. That's fine with me. I want to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it works out. Um, but now wish him the best Boston uh, on a Victoria and shit why did I forget their last player Valentine Victoria. Valentine Valentine only duo double yeah. V the double V duo VV so far so good let's see if that persists the entire season in terms of what is demanded from them we'll have to see but so man, Punk's really stepped up on that team too. Like he's now Punk's looks nuts. I think yeah. the clear standout player. Yes. One of the clear standout players on the team. And he was last year as well, but now mm-hmm. he's like even more so. Yep. So proud of that guy. He's played mm-hmm. so good last year that he didn't just like bench Gebushi, he shadow realmed him. <laughs> shadow realmed him. Honestly, yeah. Uh, oh, oh where's that kid? Gebushi never did. Mr. Gebushi Penis finishes. He's still there, shackled in the Shadow Realm. <laughs> Unreal. His soul consumed inside the Millennium Eye. Um, cool. Now, um, people are probably saying, like, should... Obviously, you don't need to replace Marvel. That's mm. already happened. Yeah. Should they even get another DPS? Who could they get? Who knows? Maybe they can get Finale. As now we'll Maybe. move on to the next topic. <laughs> Maybe. It's a, it's a good shout. Trying to define Rumors. From Halo of Thoughts. Yeah. Some thoughts coming out of Halo, and his thoughts are that both Finale and Muse have requested trades. Muse reportedly has had uh, personal slash well, personal professional issues with KDG, and there has been major disagreements between the head coach and the tank player Muse in that team. Um, I don't know if it's irreconcilable or what, but sounds pretty serious uh and finale not happy with playing behind all though uh and feeling like he is not getting the playtime that he wants apparently is what the deal there is so adam adamo says he hasn't received a trade request but they're going to investigate it what the situation anyway what is that we don't have a thing like that like it's probably like the player saying i want to leave this team and then, like, okay, we formally accept that. No, like, that's not how it works in the Overwatch League, right? Is that how it works in any American sports league? No. I not a, it's not an official thing. It, it is what you just said. Yes, yeah, it's a just player a saying, I would yeah. like to be shipped off to another team or be off this team in some way. Right. Either free me from this, either terminate my contract or trade me to another team kind of situation. Mm, mm. Yeah. It's... Um, that's, yeah. That'd be what it is. It's basically the final move a player can make on their team. It's basically the the only thing. It's basically the only thing a player can do outside of just retiring. Yeah. Right. In terms of a final straw. Yeah. And even retiring is like a um the the team then still holds the contract, right? You can't can't mm-hmm. just go so to another even, team. So yeah, you you don't your contract is not nullified if you retire. So that's why that's why like you don't retire unless you actually plan to retire and not play the game. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but if you plan to play the game and you want to actually do something, then you you don't retire. You ask to be terminated or traded. 
You also sometimes retire in order to avoid a shitstorm. True. Who who could we be talking about here? Mm, fans? Uh anyway, Toronto. Um let you guys figure that one out. Toronto. So we haven't seen news on. Uh we saw Hotbar come on in. Yes. And we've seen Aldo playing in. And I actually, you know, I wasn't sort of following the lore of why these players are coming in. I thought maybe Toronto, this is looking objectively without mm-hmm. any rumors in play, because I actually hadn't heard the Toronto rumors before Halo reported them. Uh, I thought it was just a strategical thing where Same. they wanted the hot Zarya to come in because NA is slowly more and more shifting towards the Zarya meta. Mm. Thank you to the Dallas Shield. So, um, yeah, so I guess Toronto were like, fuck it, we're playing Zarya now, and that's why Hot was playing. And I thought although mm. was playing because I don't was it maybe Toronto just looking for a, a, a tracer, but I don't know. I, that one was a bit more weird to me because I mm-hmm. I was like, well, Finale's doing pretty good. Is Hopper in Korea, by the way, or is he in Toronto? Because I I don't know. I'm pretty, sure. pretty sure. Yeah, I think I've seen him in some of their content, like Why in studio. Why is so. camera not ever on? Mm. Because I I, I all those in Korea. That's why his camera's not on. But yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I, for some reason, I Hopper wasn't in Toronto because of that. Could um, be, could be. Maybe I'm we're misinformed. It's not like they like cameras. When Muse was playing, he had a fucking camera. She just reappropriate. Right. Is that Muse's personal camera? What you can't use it anymore? He's not playing. Uh, Come on, that can't be the right. So I just thought maybe Hopper's not there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it is, isn't it crazy though? I think the finale all those situation is the more wild one to me mm-hmm. because all those playing on ping from Korea. That yeah. can't be better than what Finale can give no. to you live no. in your no. facility, right? And it hasn't been. Yes. <laughs> it strictly hasn't been. Okay, let's let's paint a picture and I'll I'll once again caveat that in saying I know nothing of that sort in that uh, in that particular situation. But if I'm Finale and I this is just like going on based on the knowledge that we have, I like curb stomp our first couple of matches on uh, on my role. Oh, even, there. there. There is Amazon. Anyway. Even if I... Ha- it has been communicated to me that I'm probably going to play second fiddle once Aldo comes over and like I'm a player that has to like fight for his starting spot. Mm. I am not content being substituted for Aldo in a situation where this kid is playing from Korea on ping, and I'm currently one of the best performing players on my role in the Overwatch League. What is Aldo supposed to do from, from Korea? Play like Leaf, bro? Like in order to be an upgrade over me? What, what is, what yeah. is the, 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 the subtext here? Like how do you motivate a player to... Like what, what more is Finale supposed to do there? I don't know. Like this is... I, I if that's how it went down, I'm I'm seriously starting to question if uh like KG's um like interpersonal skills. This is, sure. I think yeah. that's fair. I yeah, think the I'm, fact I, that like this report already kind of like points towards it. Like, however you want to take you know reporting and right. the space, whatever. I think just lighting that fire and like seeing the smoke is like uh, well enough to kind of start to throw a side eye and be like, all right, what's what's going on with that? Why is this the way it is? 
Yeah. Because it's definitely not because Finale's underperforming. He's no. not underperforming. No. So what I, I struggled to find out, know the reason why KDG would rather play mm -hmm. although Is it Maybe a, there's more pool? to it. You're a pool issue? I can't. Is it is that worth the ping to Korea? Uh, what the what what has Aldo been playing this whole time? I have to go back and Reaper? look. Reaper? No, Finale can Genji? play Reaper. Finale I feel like Finale Genji. can play it all. I so it, that's where it's like, I don't get this. This has to be something You know what I do appreciate? I do appreciate um that no, I'm thinking about the wrong game now. Never mind. I was going to say, appreciate that Toronto lost to Boston, so that you know Boston could get that W. And you know, but we won without striker. Then I remembered that was Washington. So thank you, Washington, for that. Yeah. But um, the Toronto. Just looking back now, what is what is Aldo even playing? I feel like he's not playing anything that Finale wasn't already playing to a very high degree. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's hilarious that the that those teams are the teams that played against each other. It's like Huck just right. went like. Here's the shit bag. <laughs> Catch KDG and KDG is like, oh fuck, I caught it. Okay, over to Vancouver. Like, <laughs> this, this is just unreal, man. Uh. And and to Boston's credit, like I think that match, if you fine tooth comb it a little bit, like first two maps are like way more competitive. Like this team was on like an upward trajectory this week, um, and I think it peaked with Washington and their lack of Zarya practice, but. Yeah, I'm so, kind of done with Toronto. I'm not even gonna so, lie to you. So what it, what it comes down to for me is was is there more behind the scenes between Finale and KDG, similar to a Muse situation? I don't know if both Muse and Finale had altercations with KDG. Maybe it was just Muse. Maybe, but some uh, fishy. Also, though. Muse was also Muse was really I think playing out of his mind as well. He was also yeah. really yeah. good, but um, oh man, I don't know, man. This is this is the truth bomb that I think Giska was like. I thought he was hinting at, but he did, he wasn't. Um, if there's anything the Overwatch League has taught us, it's not ever most of the time uh, a player skill issue. Most of these players are pretty goddamn good at what they do. Most of the time, uh, it's something interpersonal. It's something yeah. you know extracurricular. It's something Sometimes, behind the scenes. The, one of the few times it is a skill problem, at least in the eyes of the org, is when Naga got dropped for Wub. That's sure. probably the one, one of the very clear times where, like, I, I don't think there was a problem between Naga and the team. It's just that they saw a potential for an upgrade, right, or something sure. like that. Uh, but in this case, it's just it goes back to that statement that Arnold made all those all that time ago. It was just like, dude, if you can just make it through a season without shit going wrong internally, then you're having a great season. You know, now, you're, you're now, here's the million dollar question. Think about all of the teams in the Overwatch League, your San Francisco Shocks, your Atlanta Range, your Gladiators, you name them, they all got problems, and they've always had problems. So when is this mystical, wise ethos going to pierce the brains of these teams and say, look, good players are good. Bad attitudes, though, it's not good. That's not as bad. No. I, I, it's, it's... I'm and this isn't just us like I think this is a like pretty wide ranging problem in esports in general. Um but yeah, I think there's not a, not too many teams. A lot of a lot of just uh coworkers, let's say. That that's my whole issue, you know, like how everyone laughs at me like, "Oh, Screwbox was so wrong. What can I do if th gamers don't go to therapy, bro?" Like, come on. This is this is a this is 
it's the amount of tilt currently already going down in the Overwatch League. At this stage, it has never been this early this bad. Like, and I think if if we're looking it's at all equal, everyone's tilting. So that means you <laughs> know, we're all we're, we're still on a playing even playing field. This right? is full tilt poker, dude. Um, I I think there there are several reasons why that is, right? I think mm -hmm. like naturally there's a convergence of roles. In, in terms of the tank role, I think there's a predisposition for those players to be, you know, in a chaotic situation. It's very hard to improve personally and feel like you're doing enough and grinding and like spending the hours because keep in mind, these people are built differently. They go, oh, I just like scrimmed and bot review for 10 hours. Let's play another six hours of ranked, right? And that's what they need in order to be happy with themselves, right? They are not like you. They don't come home from their shift and go like, okay, it's better called Saul. Oh, what's the last episode? Oh, shit. No, that's not what they're doing, right? So um, the the difference is remarkable in that because ranked is not available at the moment, right? And that's, that's a big stressor for a lot of teams. I think there's something to be said about, um, okay, there's a co-emergence of skill and cockiness. Yeah. If that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So as the skill level increases in the Overwatch League, you you implicitly also increase the amount of attitude. The amount of cock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you just you had no breaks for that one, right? Like you said no. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm sorry, YouTube algorithm. Let's <laughs> oh, grow up, man. Grow up. Are you laughing You're at You're talking about the Paris Eternals <laughs> logo. Right. How I'm dare sorry. you? Yes. yes. Get and your mind Zaxby's, out of the And the Zaxby's logo. Thank Correct. you very much. All right. God, continue. I'm sorry. Um, <clears> where <throat> do I go from here? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you said it in yes. such a girthy way as well, right? Like, Of course, yes. <laughs> Just had a lot of, you know, bombastity. Like, look, good players have a propensity to have attitudes. I think that's just normal and like and that, bad players too actually. Oh, they're not <laughs> not like you know removed from this at all. No. That, that's my that's my takeaway from all of this by the way. Some of you have way too much attitude for attitude for your skill level, bro. Like sure. be be measured, right? Like if you're on an mm -hmm. all-star roster and you're like the second worst player, don't have attitude. Just don't. You're there at the grace of the head coach dragging you along. Every morning, have a five-minute prayer that this team doesn't discard you, right? Mm -hmm. You're already yeah. lucked out. Please be aware. Like, otherwise, I will have no sympathies when that bag is gone. It's this shit comes hand-in-hand. Hand. This shit yes. comes hand-in-hand in hand because, like, I think you, you have to have some level of ego to have that competitive drive. Right. Agreed, yes. And, and people that don't have some level of ego, I don't think are competitive enough to mm -hmm. make it in... in in a ring like this, in an industry like this, where it requires full, you know, major competition Agreed. drive to, to make it to the top. So everyone to some level has an ego. And in fact, I would be very concerned if there was any player in this entire league that didn't have a level of ego, because if you don't have one, I would feel like you're not a good competitor. Mm. So some level of ego is healthy, but yeah. obviously that shit needs to be checked. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's very clear because this isn't just like a, a case study. Again, read between the lines of what Yiska said. It's never been this bad this early. 
means that it's been pretty bad pretty you know no, plenty of times before there's there's also something like constructive discord yes. right yes it's like if if you're too if your team has too much harmony you're not improving Agreed. you're not pushing like it's it it is the fractures within the team that you grow into right mm -hmm. like it's it's almost impossible to have a like a flowery type of attitude and like keep pushing forward all the time. Yes. And that's that's not a problem. You can lead this in constructive ways though. Right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone should be able to sit down like sit through a discussion and not like have to leave it or baby rage through it, right? Yep. So, um this is the type of difference and even the most successful teams had like big disagreements and then came through, right? Mm -hmm. there's, there's always a lot of like disagreement and when you can break through that and get on the same page usually come out better on the other side right mm -hmm. at the same time yeah that I wouldn't I wouldn't bring that up as like unhealthy or like as really tilt right that's just part of the sure. natural process um I think there's more of the bad type though than in previous seasons at least at that point because you know, currently, like, I, I can understand, like, for the bad teams to be in that mind frame and whatnot, right? Like, um, for instance, when I talked to Christopher, he specifically, like, pointed out, like, one of their goals is to not tilt early in the season, right? Like, they are kind of, like, in a good position. Like, I think they're 2-2 two and two now. Like, they beat teams they uh, weren't necessarily expected to in terms of, like, the other bottom tier teams. But, I mean, they expectedly lost against some of the other teams, right? As they should. And that's like a reasonable thing, and that's why nobody needs to get each other's throats. And then you can here we bring out an old concept. This is how you remain anti-fragile in this league this year, mm -hmm. because the tilt will increase. Like as let's say the new beta wave comes in, maybe we get a lot of changes once again. Everyone is rattled around, and like whoever can pick themselves up uh, the quickest while maintaining an, an, a sort of like effective internal atmosphere is going to gain from that chaos. Okay? And so far, I feel like there's only a handful of teams that have demonstrated that capacity. Right? Now, keep in mind, even among those handful of teams, there are teams that... Like, for instance, how how would you in, evaluate the internal state of the shock who have not lost? Well, sure. that is... We haven't, we haven't had any stresses on that. Uh, on that leg yet. Let's see if it breaks under pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's 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 very hard to evaluate. But this once again, to me, highlights how important this psychological aspect of all of this is, and someone that maintains it, right? Like that. That's. It feels like, especially like coaches like Moon. That's where their value comes in, right? Like. Yep. If Shanghai can pick themselves up while gamers don't have internet access, bro, I am baby arranging <laughs> if my internet goes down. You bet, you bet I'm like pounding keyboards and shit. Like, yeah. if that happens to me, right? If that was my profession and I like my shit would lag because someone else has, a, has to have a camera on because the lead demands it or some stuff like that, I would be livid, right? And once again, like, I think the league has been accommodating towards that, but like, if that was the limitation. Now, mm -hmm. if Shanghai comes out of that complication unscathed, that's that's a boon to like that you can count that towards the achievements of Moon, right? Like to to be able to weather the waters there. 
So um, I think that's an invaluable skill uh, in, in the Overwatch League. Technical skill is one thing, but yeah, do you need someone that takes charge of the emotional landscape of your team? That's just true. Would you feel comfortable talking about how many teams you think out of the 20 right now are uh, capable of having a discussion and not completely just baby well, raging? I, I don't... Uh, Okay, I will say this. I don't don't know too much about um, um, the APEC teams, so I can't say okay. anything there. I do think, like, from the APEC teams of that I know, I think I w I'd be very surprised if uh, the Fusion were to tilt this season because I think sure. Jin is a good... In that particular aspect, I think Jin is also very good. Okay. I think, from what I'm hearing, like, in NA, there's probably only... Three teams, I'm con comfortable saying they're probably pretty hard to tilt. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, disheartening to say the least. Um, and yeah, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get on a hill here. Um, as much as I think, if this pans out to be true, and you know, Muse and Finale are you know on their last legs and you know, per perhaps departing when you see this video, if that's the case. Uh, I think there is some questions to be drawn with KDG. Uh, but when I look at the Toronto Defiant as a franchise, uh, and I look at them, you know, 24 and 41 record, negative uh, 49 in maps. Looking at the decision makers, if I'm going to say, you know, place a blame on anybody, I think there is a consistency to how much they just botch things i don't think this is a you know i would i would hope that most people don't approach this like you've, you've queued up on a ladder and it's like oh it's my teammates or oh we just got unlucky or oh well you know it's it's this that no no no, no. there's a i feel like there's a consistency to this team that they always just fuck up something and i i don't know what it is i don't know who it is but i think they need to do some serious house cleaning i think there is a there's a systemic problem to this team i wrote as much in 2020 when trying to review their 2021 roster um and that year wasn't as any good and this year is already we're three weeks in we're three weeks in and this team who looked to be good you know you have scrim bucks coming out could have been a top five team you look solid you look like you're almost can, like cemented as a top five team at least in this meta and now your star main tank, if you want to, you know, if you want to give them that distinction and, you know, a, a promising rookie DPS player are now asking to be traded. I don't know. That seems very suspect. Very, very fishy to me. Seems bizarre, to say the least. And this is a team that has a pretty big laundry list of people who they've gone through, iterations they've gone through, coaches have gone midseason, players leaving, coming, Discord servers not being invited to. I don't know. Seems weird. And rant. I mean, they fixed that. Everyone's in the Discord server now. Hey, play, character growth, right? The anime training arc. We're we're getting there. We're we're learning how to invite people. I guess I don't know. Toronto's weird. I'm done with them. I can't believe I believed this year. <laughs> I what still is wrong believe, with me? I I believe really hard. I still kind of believe, but yeah, I don't know anymore. Yeah, I think if they get that stuff together, honestly, like, Muse Finale has been their best look. 
I'm not t entirely convinced that it, that it is really about like the Zarya stuff. In like inherently, I don't think that's. Yeah, yeah. I think what you ideally want is a main tech that can play both, and I think the problem is yep. that yep. you need to switch even like within map, and that makes mm -hmm. it. You know that that's the entire problem with like setups like Mac Kalios, yep. or like. Uh, Hobbamus, or mm -hmm. like that—that's always going to, in this manner, going to cause issues, right? Yep. Um, and yeah, I wonder how you solve that. I feel like, for instance, the problems that Houston has feel a little bit more manageable. Like, I feel it's easier f for Piggy to play, and then also have a Winston. Then the other way around, maybe I'm not sure. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I I think I see maybe where you're coming from, where it's like, yeah, we have problems, but like, they seem pretty straightforward. Whereas like everybody else is like, oh well, we want to play this there, and like, well, we can't afford that. So like, do we try to like accommodate? Do we want to play like a diva on this map because we can't be asked to try and have this player play Winston? Like, is that something we want to try? Houston is just like, yeah, I guess we're playing Dante here and Piggy on Circuit Royal, and that's pretty much it. It's straightforward. It's not good, but it's what they got. So, uh, moving on to more of an overview look, is is this like way too early for teams to be having these kind of problems because now I, I you know i go back to the conversation of yes mm. for saying you know three weeks in we're having issues that probably you wouldn't have had quite a little bit further down the line in previous seasons and exacerbated by all the different issues surrounding beta yeah. and all that kind of stuff and ranked but also i don't know yeah. maybe a new year with a shitload of rookies does that as well because you don't just have egotistical players, you have really young players as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying that it's the rookie players that are causing issues, but no. like, I mean, there's there's definitely a correlation between immaturity and ego not sure. being a good combination. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it's not all rookies. I'm sure there's plenty of rookies mm -hmm. that are, have their heads on screwed straight, but... <clears throat> um, For sure. And, and and surely, and you know, even looking at things now, like, you know, Striker and Ma Muse are not rookies, but, but we're, we're seeing... That team's not. Sorry. I don't have much more to say than okay. that. That's team's not really getting along. That's why, when when I talk, it's unfortunately true that when you do interviews, some of the best juice comes out like off record. By the way, this guy like, right? And I can then <laughs> use that in order to like inform my opinions that I share, for instance, on TCP or whatever, right? But when I hear someone like in the back rooms talking to me, going like, "Not only is this kid cracked, but like he's also really nice and has no ego and just does everything for a win," mm. that's the golden juice. Then I know, okay, now we're going to the moon with this kid, right? right. And um, I think like that. That's those are the players that are worth following. Now, of course. I would love to give you names, but then I would also in, uh, in, uh, inadvertently reveal to you who talks to me like that. Yeah. Um, but I think those will shine, and those I'm betting my my well hard earned scrimbucks on 
to uh, be a force to be reckoned with for the next couple of years as well. Mm. I think to to kind of tackle the question head on, Avril, I think there is certain systemic problems that we started the season with that like are just kind of we're, we're starting to see the fruits of that tainted seed, if you will. Right. Like you have a bunch of GMs tasked to build a team for a game they know nothing about. Um, you just sign people who you hope are going to be decent. Again, I still think there's like this prevailing thing in esports that like skill should be put at a premium. But at some point, you have to, there, there is a psychological aspect, whether that's, you know, if you're a choker or if you're coachable or if you're a good team player, like as, as fluffy and as flowery as that is, those are tangible things that like, we need to properly assess. So if you're not putting people in power positions to properly assess those, and they can only assess one of those two things or two schools of thought, um, you're going to get a lot of these issues. You're going to get a lot of internal turmoil, you know, a whole lot of like heavy losses, let's say. Um, I, I think this is going to be a tough season in general, not only because of the contract structure changing. I, I think that was 2021 this year, right? Am I misremembering? Uh, could be wrong for yeah that's a, oh, i always forget i have to look it up so i know for sure right that that could be more airy but i think this season in general is tough uh and i and i do hold a lot of grace to some of the decision makers who you know maybe have approached things with a uh a lighter hand trying to be more agile in the season i respect paris as much as you know you can um, trying to do with to to do as much with what they have is difficult, right? Uh, same thing with London. Like I, I know for a fact that both those budgets are tight. Um, so you have to approach it and and really try to maximize how much you're really getting out of these rosters because the skill aspect might not necessarily stack up when you look at you know the Atlantas, the the Shocks, you know all these really really good teams. Um, so I give them a little bit more grace. Um, but to have this much blow up, I don't think it's just them. I think there's again something more systemic from from the game perspective, right? That that is causing a lot of stress. All right. Speaking of game stuff, a little bit. The next topic is uh, we'll keep this one kind of brief because there's not as much to talk about. In but uh, Gen G bowing out of tier two. So the perspective on Gen G. Is that, to be honest, I mean, they are actually not in contenders. When I say, obviously, they're not in contenders because they pulled out, but what I'm saying is, like, they... So here's the context for contenders. It starts, I don't know, it's at some point down the line. Mm. I don't know if they've announced a date yet, so I'm not going to say anything about that because I, I don't know what's public and what's not. Um, sometime this year, though, obviously. We, we all know about the whole... Uh, you know, open division will be playing Overwatch one, and the you get better access mm -hmm. to play in the containers will be Overwatch two. Uh, but the the initial phase of containers is going to include a bunch of grandfathered teams from last year. Solo not one of them. Reason being, they didn't play containers last year because they failed to qualify into containers in the in the most recent season. They that they they lost in trials to somebody I can't remember who, um, and therefore failed to play containers altogether in, in the final season. So that's why a bunch of 
Gen G players ended up being loaned to other teams like Opener and Vindame. Mm. I think maybe Vindame was already on in O2, I can't remember. But the point is like a bunch of those Gen G players just weren't obviously because they're not in contenders, they're not they they're off elsewhere and Stalker was just chilling out, waiting to get picked up by Soul, I guess. Um so none of those guys got grandfathered in, which means Gen G don't get to participate in the first contenders season. Right. They would have to play through open division, I think. Uh, but Matt, I could actually be wrong by that because usually what happens is with academy teams, they kind of get, I don't know, they kind of just get shoved into contenders through an invite anyway. Okay. I don't know if that's happening this year or not. Um, but it's pretty sad because Shinji have been one of the top mm-hmm. teams in tier two for nurturing and finding and scouting talent next to the Element Mystics and the O2s of the world. Mm. <laughs> because sure, Genji, I don't think have had the greatest success in tier two their best ever run was second place in contenders gauntlet 2020 losing to cc other than that they've had some really bad results failed to make contenders in the most recent season like i said they've done a good job of fostering talent and bringing talent through uh promoting a lot of talent as well you know i respect teams that are willing to promote their academy talent Mm -hmm. Uh, that's partially what your academy is meant to be for anyway so uh you have philly kind of bearing the fruits of that labor now by using their own talent and it's working out well for them. Yep. Um, I would argue Genji and Sol have had some success in that area previously. It's not always there, but you know, this year there's a, I don't know, a good shout for players like creative coming on through and Stalker mm-hmm. will, will still get a shot. I'm sure uh, when, when they find the right meta to put Stalker in, but always sucks when you lose a contenders team. Oh, sorry. Yes. It wasn't, Contenders team, an academy team in particular, mm. always really rough. So, yeah, unlucky. I agree. It's not. Um, I, I think it'd be disingenuous to say that it's not like a sign of the times. Uh, it's it's tough goings out here for for these orgs. Like it's tough to warrant you know having all these budget allocations and also trying to feel the competitive roster and also try to figure out what Overwatch Two is asking of said roster. Um, I think there is. Again, little little coat puff. Uh, I think there is a world, you know, in the next year or so. Granted, it's a year. I get it. It's a long time. Um, that we start to see teams, you know, reinvesting once this game launches. Hopefully, with this PR push, hopefully with that shot in the arm, you start to see teams, you know, come back and uh, really try to develop that pipeline a little bit more. Uh, we've seen, like Avril said, we've seen success stories from it. Um, there's, there's no coincidence there let's say um that you know once you once you find a player you want to hold on to or where you find a couple players maybe find a coach that just needs a little bit more development time or you think can can kind of cut it in the next few years right there's a lot of like project players that i think would probably be better off as two ways or maybe even just contenders players that you're planning on moving up in a season or two um those can't happen without tier two and with more and more teams you know pulling out it's it sucks it's not a good thing but again hopefully we we get back on track once Overwatch Two is is finally out, and, and is published. Fingers crossed, I guess. Twenty twenty three tier two, maybe it'll be, uh, shape up a little differently, and things will mm. be worthwhile for academies to come back properly. Um, unless you scared anything, I'll just say I'm happy to start moving on to looking at some of the games that we had sure, over the past that. week. That's I'm going to. Focus on APAC because it's what I'm here for. 
Hmm. So all that talk about NA stuff, I was only stalling. I was only stalling until <laughs> Apex started. So can I pick so. your brain then? Can I ask Go you some on. questions? Go on. All right. Go on, lad. So I'm hearing a lot of good shit about Zest. All right. And now I've seen mm. some things. I do like some things. Pretty good. Um, but as somebody who not only has you know seen his amateur career or semi-professional career, if we're going to call contenders amateur, it's a little rough. Um, and now coming in with Philly, starting 2-0, haven't dropped a map yet. Is this kind of what you expected so far? Yeah, I think Zest was always going to be a pretty phenomenal player. Mm. Um, overlooked because I think uh, some of the hype other people got, right. first of all, from outside of Philly and T1 in general was way high, namely Proppen, mm. uh, but also other, other O2-related rookies. All the O2 rookies got way more hype for good reason. Mm. Uh, and that good reason is I peddled their stocks way higher. Mm. So um, I didn't peddle the T1 player stocks as much. I peddled MN3 stocks a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, they didn't. people didn't really rate Zest as much. And people rated MN3 more. Mm. Again, because as soon as I say it, that's when people's opinions change. And then they start to, you know, just kind of regurgitate and parrot what I say. So, yeah, I, I, I think towards the end, I started being like, yeah, well, Zest is really good too, guys. Like, don't forget. Mm. And then... A few Zest believers came out, and now, uh, yeah, he's having a great time. I think that the thing about MN3 right now is he's sharing playtime with Carpe, mm. so it's not as, you know, he doesn't get to just um, play full-time and have all eyes on him because mm. he's sharing playtime. Uh, I would also argue that the Genji flex role is way more flashier in this meta, so it's harder for the hitscan players to pop off when your main hero is soldier and even when you get a three or four K visor, no one really cares because it's not impressive. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the the scale expression for soldier is not as high, even though statistically he's super valuable and he brings a lot to the team and gives you high mm -hmm. win rate. Like he's there's a lot of correlation between soldier being, you know the fact that soldier's the best hero in the meta and, and winning off the soldiers uh, is a big part of it. Yep. Um but no one no one watches a soldier's POV and thinks, man, this guy's fucking crazy. Whereas I think you watch a Genji's POV and if they pop off, you just like you just think the guy's nuts, right? So mm. Zest gets way more hype from that perspective. But if you're gonna ask me, do I expect Zest to be this good? I think even he's exceeded my expectations because I didn't okay. really well, I knew what to expect, but I didn't know I mean I knew what to expect in the sense that like I feel like T one were a really strong team and all their players um were good. Mm. But because I never got to see them versus O two as always a little bit of trepidation and and how much I was willing to mm. I don't know piddle their stonks let's say mm. but yeah I knew he was going to be good but he's even he's even better than I expected damn I have two points to zest the first one is why is could you zestfully zest the zest for zest a viable English uh, sentence I hate that how is it a verb and a noun I'm I'm <laughs> appalled and then the second thing is, I think what is particularly impressive about Zest is like how he seemingly is capable of switching playstyles. Because now, bro, he went from a more supportive role to a hyper-aggressive flank style. It's like high risk, high reward, but it really doesn't look that high risk the way. Bro, in that game against Charge, he was undressing choice one. He was... It was comical, dude. Like, the the 
amount of just like sheer pressure he's able to he he has this weird thing maybe maybe look at it but like i feel like he must have some of the best Gen genji right clicks in the overwatch league he, the amount of value he gets out of those is pretty nuts in, in terms of like he also has pretty good jump timing in terms of like getting the angle onto the headshot hitbox and whatnot and while while remaining fairly hard to hit but like the way he dominates angles, it shouldn't be possible with Genji to that degree. Man, like especially on Eichenwald, I remember just like Choice One completely getting bullied. That doesn't always mean like the person dies, but like now the Ana has to reposition, and now you go in, right? And um, I think that's particularly impressive. I got to interview him. I think he has a great head on his shoulders. Certainly has some. A certain je ne sais quoi about him. Um, oh, your Italian's so good. Oh, <laughs> I hate you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that's that that is what makes it really exciting for me about that Philly DPS line because legitimately it looks right now as if Carpe is the third best DPS on that team, mm. and then. In terms of MN3, like the comment to just say, well, his aim is very good. Therefore, we he plays Cassidy and Ash. It's like, it's, it's just nuts, right? Like, I don't know. And yeah. it's true. Like, his Cassidy is absolutely. Yeah, it's, I think well, we I can tweet it like certified pine moment, moment on one of those maps. <laughs> We can uh, we can maybe change this conversation and instead of looking at a specific game, we can just look at both the Phillies games, you know? Yeah. Um, this can just be a Philly conversation, which means. The rest of any talk of APAC will probably be a little bit more expedited, but um, Philly to me was always going to be a pretty good team coming out. Mm. I I think I expected them to maybe be a bit shakier because of multiple yeah. rookies on the team. Um, they even play Bellasria over Fury in some maps because they want to play that Winston. So I kind of felt like, okay, maybe this team was going to have some shakiness to start with, mm -hmm. but. To have them come out three O dragons, I know dragons have problems. So it comes, it's a two part thing. Dragons have problems at the moment logistically mm -hmm. with internet, with being in Shanghai and being in the most hardcore lockdown in the entire world. Mm. Um, and yeah, like that kind of stuff happening. I don't know if there's there's probably other related issues that I don't even know. For example. In Shanghai, it's like hard to get supplies, right? We, they, I don't know right. if they're all of these things contribute to just the poor atmosphere and just things being bad. Um, and I mean, you saw the story come out today where, like, because there's only one internet line in the Dragons facility in Shanghai, when they play the match, it like they have to turn everything else off, like all the Wi Fi is off, like anything else connected to the internet that's not the five players huh. playing the game is off, right? they can't afford any potential internet issues they they, they they used to have something in their guangzhou facility that's right they used to play in guangzhou last year despite the shanghai dragons mm. uh fun fact three teams three of the chinese teams played out of guangzhou the only team that didn't play out of guangzhou was hangzhou because they have a billy billy facility in hangzhou but guangzhou Chengdu, and shanghai all played out of guangzhou because uh good internet to korea and whatnot but they had like four internet lines now shanghai have one and it's not a very amazing internet line and they couldn't set it up properly because Shanghai is logistically fucked right now. Again, it's in the most hardcore lockdown you've ever seen. And I didn't want to say it on broadcast because 
I was already starting to make excuses for Shanghai, but then I didn't want to. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring Shanghai and the Chinese government and COVID into the conversation, so I just sure. kept it there. But here, I'll say it like it's it's fu- the situation's fucked. Like you, you read news, you see the you see the videos, you see if you really look into it, you can see the situation in Shanghai is not good, mm-hmm. really not good. So yeah, that that's going to affect your team in in many ways. For but sure. that combined with Philly probably being super underrated by everybody and um i think if you know t1 you know they're going to be reasonable because the t1 rookies are good but with every rookie you you always feel like well i knew they were really good in contenders um and just hoping they still keep that spark going because last year i think mag and guangbong kind of burned rookie favor a little bit in terms of just mm. giving them giving them the goodwill to believe that they're all just going to be good um, that that rookie goodwill is being restored now through players like Zest, and obviously yeah. guys like Proper and Finn and Kilo and stuff as well. All the O2 guys is popping off, right? Vin Dame as well. Um, so yeah, they came out, they pounded. Shanghai looked way more than mortal. Uh, Lip looked reasonable, but everyone else looked like they were getting gapped, which is kind of crazy to me. Mm. Um, and you know the fact that Philly are even willing to experiment on non-conventional hit scans like Cassie and Ash was yeah. I make actually a lot of it APAC is playing Ash and I still have my doubts on that but they're trying their best to make it work um he's the I think he's the M3 is the only one that seriously puts playtime into Cassie so yeah. far at least in APAC and he's he's hitting shots man yeah I, I think I agree mm-hmm. definitely some almost like you could you almost look at them like holy shit there's some pine level plays coming through uh or you certainly move in that direction so yeah they nailed it and then lastly, my favorite thing with the whole Philly fan situation is, man, the level of dooming that they all had the preseason. Like, oh, our team sucks. Why have we got all these rookies? Everybody else has veterans and MVPs and all. We get these rookies, man. We're going to be awful. And now, like, the full 180, be like, Philly's the best team in the world. Oh, my God. Zest is the fucking, Zest is going to be MVP rookie there. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the best team ever. I'm like, are you guys... <laughs> You guys are the most hyperbolic motherfuckers in the planet. I swear to God. It's is there just full full bipolar from one side to the other, just boom in the blink of eye? Like, guys, let's meet in the middle somewhere, please. Meet in the middle. Is there some concern? Even feels strong because, like, even with what I've seen from Philly, they do look very clean um, in in their games. But is there anything to like beating on a sh- beating up on like a, a hamstrung Shanghai and? The Guangzhou Charge, who look like the worst team in APAC by a long, very large stretch. Is there any like minor amounts of concern coming into week four for you? Uh, I think Philly won't be a push. I'm actually casting that game, by the way. The Spaghetti mm-hmm. Bowl 2022. My favorite rivalry in APAC. Um, yeah, they'll they'll be tested. MN3 and, and Zest will be tested versus Fits and Profit, right? Mm. It is Fits and Profit at the end of the day. Uh, even though Soul loved to put them on fucking awkward and bad heroes. So maybe the Soul coaching will be the problem here, and Philly will just win because Soul miscoached their team. Um, I mean, they're also I think playing Shanghai. Spark. Hmm? They're also playing Spark, right? It's it's a double pressing. True. Double whammy. Yeah, Zest versus, Zest versus Alpha Yi is going to be a banger. Mm. So look forward to that one. Yeah, they got a lot of games coming up, actually. Yeah. Mm. Am I doing the Philly Hangzhou game? It should be a take, good one. I have to take a look. Because if I'm doing Philly Hangzhou, I'll be super happy. If I'm not, we'll be a little bit sad. Um, 
I think they still need to be tested a little bit, which is why Philly Hunter. Fuck, I'm not on it. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn shit. I have to murder somebody. Um, (laughs) It's fine. I get Philly sold. That's the game I really care about. Uh, Anyway, what I was saying. So, yeah, that's why I'm like, maybe the temper the expectation slightly. This is why I'm saying, like, you can't just 180 from, like, we're the worst team ever to we're going to win the Overwatch League. You know, you got to be gotta chill out a little bit you haven't even you haven't won anything yet so let's just chill out and just take a couple steps back um and consider that i think that shanghai win was pretty phenomenal because shanghai even a weak shanghai should be pretty tough yeah like Hangzhou spark had to play against that and they had they struggled and shanghai still pulled it through to be fair i think shanghai bounced back in terms of their ability slightly it was just a 24 hour bounce back it wasn't you can only bounce back so much in 24 hours as well. So, right. Um, Shanghai will always be a challenge. I don't think, even with all their problems, they're not a pushover team. And technically speaking, even if I would say that Philly might look like the best team in APEC right now, Shanghai is still my number two. I wouldn't right. put them any lower than two still, based on what I've seen. Because Seoul have been flip flopping. Chengdu don't look good at all. Hangzhou do, but then they lost to Shanghai anyway. And I think that, that win that Shanghai got is very evident of them still being. Just mm. slightly above Hangzhou for what it's worth, which means you have to put Shanghai in second. You simply must, yeah. Um, and you have to give them the the good for the the goodwill and benefit of the doubt to improve far from here because we know they've been there before. We know that things are holding mm. them back. Um, a more logistical nature, and people are saying like some of the worst armchair analysis I've seen on the internet is just comments like, "Oh, you know, Shanghai are just not." Uh, they're they're getting screwed over by the five v five because this is a team that relied on the tank duo. It's like, what, is, what does that even fucking mean? Are you you are you trying to tell me that what you think the other nineteen teams never relied on tank duo? What what even is that analysis? It doesn't even fuck it. It's not even English. Like, what are you saying? Like, what is that? What do you mean they relied on the tank? Everybody fucking had a tank duo. Everyone used their tank duo. It's like it's the most crazy non. Not only is it inaccurate, it's just like, I don't even know how you arrive at that conclusion. You think Harbin and Felix didn't work together? Like, what, what the fuck yeah. are you saying? Like, Jesus Christ. People need to check themselves. Um, so, yeah, the issues that Shanghai need to fix, I think, you know, I don't know when they're coming out of lockdown. I mean, knowing China, they might be in the lockdown for the, next, for the rest of the fucking year, but... Mm. Uh, but as we move through the lockdown, it's more and more likely every single day that we come out soon. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> copium, copium. Oh, well, yeah, they'll be out of lockdown soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there they will be. Cop- oh, who knows? Major copium. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even being outside of lockdown doesn't mean you can fix the internet issue, like, sure. you know, the day after. No, no. It means you still have to work through it. Mm. Yeah. No, that's no, bad. Maybe they can relocate then, but I'm not sure what the what the right solution is, right? Like it's well, I don't know if the old facility is still available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think their idea is they wanted to because the old facility was like more like a house, whereas mm-hmm. now in like some more like a like an office, like space. Guangzhou style. Yeah, it could be like an office kind of deal. Okay, um, and I, maybe they maybe they don't have a lease on the old place anymore. Maybe there's uh, you know there's plenty of reasons why they're not there. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's as, I don't think it'd be as simple as just go back to where you were, although I'm sure they all wish they were there right now because um, I don't think there's any issues in Guangzhou and the teams mm-hmm. that are based out of there and, and seem to be fine. Um, yeah, but 
Yeah, it's it's not good. I I think I speak for us all and say that Shanghai is probably due for a bounce back, right? Like yeah. this is last year's champions by a long stretch. Some fantastic legendary, I'd say, players. Um, and and they're even using a little bit of their depth, right? Like who are you? Got quite a bit of playtime, no? And look solid, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so. think they kind of dug themselves out. And it's, again, yeah. it's pretty normal for Shanghai to go through that cycle. True. Now we even have a reason why that's happening. Mm -hmm. I'm not too concerned at this point. Yeah. Pack looks competitive, to, In, say the, to say the very least. Indeed, I'm emotionally more scared that Philly uh, drops off than uh, <laughs> Dragons never getting there. Sure, sure. I think Philly have the skill level to stay. I think they've yeah. shown that their skill level is high enough, from my perspective, that I expect them to maintain the current trajectory and continue onwards. Mm. Um, and that's like, I guess, a super positive thing for me to say about Philly. I, I do, I do believe it though. I do think they, they have, uh, they've shown that to me at least. They can, um, they can hang. And I, they would have to. It sounds like their players are all minimal ego people as well. That can, you know, especially mm -hmm. guys like Zest, who you know we've we've heard stuff mm -hmm. that you know he's a super chill guy who wants mm -hmm. to win and play for the team. Like that's just the right combination. You just got the right combination of people who are both extremely skilled, don't have egos that are gonna fuck up your team. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure. And also, people need to. People need to give some respect to that backline because everyone's like, oh, no, Fixer and Aim God, this is going to be awful. Like, those guys have been fine. Those guys have been more yeah. than fine. You know? yeah. 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 Okay. You, you, I get it. He's, no one's going to be as good as Alarm. Right? You don't have Lee Jae Gong on your team. Yeah. But neither does anybody I, else. Those, those, those guys aren't holding you back. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, so. my, the Lee Jae Gong was, was back to his feety boy days. Yo, he was he was throwing it down mid, probably on three or four occasions that I can remember. Like sometimes on break, sometimes on Lucio. I don't think it's that hardcore, but you know, no. they just looked a little lost. I remember like one instance on King's Row. I think it was against Philly, and it's like they're chasing a kill, and Lidiagon is like, "I'm tilting, I'm full sending it," and like he's just getting himself killed, and then Philly getting freebie. I think sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I highlighted that play, yeah. but I think sometimes they 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 make the high risk move that has some pretty high risk high reward mm. in there as well, and it just doesn't pay off. And mm. when when those things happen, you look like a moron. But yeah, yeah. Um, lots of flanking in that series. I remember lots of like hiding behind you know things here and there and getting you know found out. Yeah, yeah it checks out. With Makes sense. Time. Yeah. Is there not to? I don't know if anybody else had anything to say about Philly, but. I think uh, the big, the big question on not everybody's minds, but I'd definitely like to know: uh, Do we trust the spark yet? Is this where we? I am. Do a little trust. Trust actually. Uh, Chang'e is the goat. Chang'e is the goat. He comes <laughs> out and immediately beats Soul. True. There's there's nothing more. There's nothing like there's there's no more of a big dick play. We just slap that shit on the table than coming back mm. out and just beating your old team. Straight off the bat. Right. Yeah. You know, cock hanging out, two middle fingers up, like, fuck you, Toby. You know, you like love that <laughs> word today. Jesus Christ. Um it's all about the dicks. Um Yeah, what was I saying? I was talking about dicks again. So 
Yeah, I think I think I think like I don't know. I'm thinking about Chang Yun. I have no idea. I don't know what he's. I don't know what he does. Maybe he. Mm. Maybe he is. A, maybe he is a bad coach. Maybe he is being carried. I don't know. But Hangzhou out the gate, not booming. They're not like you know falling apart. They they actually look super competent. Shai has an extremely good DPS partner now in the name of Alpha Yi, who mm. like Zest have probably been the two most exciting players in Apex so far to watch. It's a good time to be a Hangzhou Spark fan. They nearly beat Shanghai. They probably even should have beaten Shanghai, but again, Shanghai are no pushovers even if they're having issues. True. Uh, I think Hangzhou are doing good. I think this is a really good good place for Hangzhou to be in. You know, The whole team looks functional. I had Bernard, heard... Bernard looks good this season because Zarya mm-hmm. is good and he looks good on Zarya. Like, even the True. Bernard hate is like, you got to cut that guy some slack because he's actually doing pretty good. So, yeah. Mm. Is there, I, I watched the most recent plat chat and they were talking about, I think there's like a throwaway comment in there about like them potentially playing Gusha and that not necessarily looking as cohesive as you would hope. Is that something that you also got like a, a, a raid on as well? No, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. Okay. I think, um, I think we're starting to discover that maybe the Zarya is the better hero in the meta currently. Mm. Uh, and I had some doubts on day one, but I, I've slowly come around to that realization now that maybe Winston is slightly weaker. It is map dependent. It's not 100% true. Oh, for sure. But um, it's a different play style as well. I think, I think the Winston composition requires you to have a, a bit more coordination with how you're diving because, again, dive is mm. more difficult in terms of coordination than just a straight-up brawl. And when you play Zarya... I don't care if you're playing Genji with Azaria. Usually you're playing Zarya Reaper, right? Which is even more so to the point of what I'm saying. You are brawling the other team. Yeah. So, look, what yeah. I like about Hangzhou is that they can play both styles pretty well. Mm. Considering Joe doesn't leave any opportunity to get one over on Twitter uh, on me, I'll say I I remember some old tones from like after uh, week one. Ooh, Zarya's so trash. You and Kenobi just going like, oh, that's such a yeah. shit pick. How uh, about now? That, How about yeah. now? It's looking pretty good. I'm um, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I I will eat that crow. I was very, very of the mind that it was the poo-poo PP hero because everybody was playing it and it was not very good. Um very messy, very like uncoordinated, didn't make a whole lot of sense. Boston corrected me. So far, coming out of week one, I was impressed. And thus far, I've been continually impressed. Um, I do think I'm a little bit more charitable to like the counterplay from Winston. I think there is some developments there, but teams actually have to develop and adapt. And you can't just run Winston and Zarya like you would Winston and Winston. I think that's exactly why the Justice lost. Um, it was more a stylistic thing. Not to say that Boston didn't play well, but that's neither here nor there. Um yeah, Spark, everything that I've seen, granted, I haven't seen a, every single one of their games and haven't fine-tooth combed them, um, but they look pretty all right. I think I'm a little... <sighs> Did they play D.Va? Am I misremembering? Yeah, Ben, I play D.Va. Okay. I'm a little... That you, that you can be upset about. That'll yeah. will allow you to be upset about. Not not happy about that. I think that's definitely a poo-poo pee-pee hero. I don't know that I'm going to be proven wrong on that one. Uh, well, that's, that's that's what happens when a off tank player has to play a dive hero. Is like, yes, well, exactly. I guess we're playing diva. Yeah, you're kind of forced there, and I get <laughs> you it. You need but... you need to learn. These guys need to learn how to play Winston. Is what it is. Yeah. At the same time, of course, Sombra is going to be meta next week. 
Shut it. up. <laughs> no. No, I'm not here for it. If it is, then I'd like to see something change. I something don't know how that could be possible. Yeah. Nothing I, I see out of Sombra leads me to believe that to be the truth. No. Um, she has to be, like, physically changed. Like, she has to be buffed. But that's neither here nor there. I will say, I think I'm... I'm interested to see how Ash develops. If there is, you know, a another hero that I'm interested in, like diving into, I'm I'm interested to see what this Ash looks like statistically. Here's the thing about compositions, because mm -hmm. I'm the guy that probably harps on about compositions the most on the on the broadcast. That's because mm -hmm. I don't know. I probably read into meta information, matchup analysis more than anybody else, sure. because I care more about that kind of stuff. But there there is a fundamental difference between this is not optimal to this is unplayable. Like yep. those are two separate things. Yeah. And so I think people get confused because the Ash is not unplayable. It's just mm -hmm. suboptimal. Yeah. Whereas some people will look at it like, oh, this team's throwing because they're playing Ash. And it's just like, well, it's yeah. suboptimal, but it's not a throw pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and other people on the on on the other side, and this is some weird fucking comments I've seen that like where like, oh yeah, Roger keeps saying teams are throwing because they're playing you know, this here, that, and I'm like, no, there's only a couple heroes that I'm making sort of throwing. One of them is Sombra. Yeah. But most of the heroes I consider to be suboptimal. I don't even think playing D.Va is a straight-up throw. I think no. it's I think it's very suboptimal, but I still don't, I don't, I don't put it in the throw tier just yet. Mm. I think it's extremely suboptimal, though. Um, suboptimal just means you have to be, you have to put way more effort in to get the same amount of output that uh, the optimal pick would give you. In this, yep. in this case, soldiers, you, you have to do way more on Ash to get the same level of output as you would get just by playing the easier soldier, mm. where the soldier would consistently give you a certain level of output that you don't have to put a lot, a lot of effort in to get compared to Ash. That's mm. what it is. But if you are able to hit shots consistently and you are shy and you can be a god, fuck it, I guess you can play Ash. You know? You've, you've made him work. MN3, I guess you just made yeah. Cassie work. I still don't think Cassie is a good hero, but if you're like a real you know, aficionado and you can just do it, then I guess you can just do it. It's it's you know it's it's like when you play Smash Brothers and competitively, and there's gonna be picks that are just not yeah like they're 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 a couple of you're not playing S tier pick you're not even playing A tier pick but you're trying to make a C tier work pick work. I'm not gonna give an example because I don't know enough about Smash. I don't know if there's a famous example of a player oh plenty using, plenty using there's like a, a suboptimal pick that still wins just because mm. they're really good at that pick. That's yep. kind of what it is at the end of the day. They just all these picks exist on different tier levels. And mm -hmm. um, you know, statistically speaking, you're more likely to succeed the higher up that Taylor you decide to play yep. in terms of what you pick. Yep, yep, yep. It's uh, definitely a thing in, in Smash. There's plenty of uh, examples of very famous players, not necessarily picking the best characters, but you know, still performing extremely well um, regardless. But that doesn't mean the character is any you know worse for wear. It's just that they're quite quite good at that hero. Um, so it sounds like what I'm hearing is Spark look pretty all right. What I, I did, okay, you brought up D.Va, or we got to D.Va somehow. Um, and I did want to circle back to Valiant because they're doing some weird shit on Dorado. You guys remember that one? The double sniper Zen Dorado set up with the D.Va for Valiant. Was that Soul or Spark? What was it again? Say it again. What is it? The map's Dorado, Valiant against Spark, I believe. I think on their def, I think on both sides, they're playing like Diva, Double Sniper, Zen, Brig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting. Uh, 
No, I don't think Spark were playing the Diva. That was Valiant playing the Diva. Yeah, yeah, I the think Valiant. The, well, the thing about the Diva there is the Diva to me ex just it kind of existed to pocket the two snipers. Mm -hmm. You're just playing. You're just playing an escort map and playing maximum range, right. where you have two great hit scan players that are, that are hitting shots, and you know you're bullying the other team who are not able to get in and pressure those snipers. Mm. And so you kind of just slowly win this war of attrition game with long range damage, and um, yeah, I mean. Actually, really well played. I complimented No Hill and Valiant a lot for that. Do you think it's something? Is it? It sounds like you rate it. Am I, am I not necessarily getting the full picture? Do you rate it kind of highly? Do you maybe think that other teams are kind of, you know, should be worried about it? Is it something that maybe you think that they'll adopt? Is this maybe a meta shift? Like, where do you kind of sit with it? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, no, it's just a very map specific kind of strategy that you can do. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think it's like the craziest thing in the world. It was just really cool to see in that exact moment mm. where it seemed like Valiant had a strategical advantage over the spark and made full use of it and capitalized. So that just goes to show that I think Valiant are a very capable team. You know, yeah. this, this is a team that uh, is playing, actually, I think to me, above expectation, but also... Um, a team that should not be on no wins so far. I feel like they should should have beaten yeah. somebody. They've had two five mappers now where they actually had the 2-1 lead. They had the match point, and they just didn't quite clutch it. So it's a bit mm. of a glad situation, to be honest with you. A little bit. Maybe some mentals that need a little bit of work. But I agreed there. I think Valiant, from what I've seen, definitely competitive. And I think overperforming from what I've, you know, this early on, I thought they maybe had to grow into themselves. Maybe it'd be a specific meta, but... But quite, quite astute, quite, you know, capable of winning some games. So not a team to completely sleep on. And uh, I think that might reflect itself in our preview. But Yiska, how do you feel about Valiant? Does Becky strike your fancy? You like Sashin? You wish you take that bet? Um, I mean, Sasha looks pretty rough, bro. <laughs> I, I, this team looks like interesting i i hate that they had to i wonder what would have happened if the order of the games would have been different where okay they played charge last because the way they performed oh, against they, they destroy them they yeah. destroy right? them yeah, yeah that's that's unfortunately what i think as well um so like o3 looks dire but i don't think this is an o3 lost against the second worst team on paper in apac um, so I don't know, like I'm kind of excited where they can go, but man, I feel like there are some obvious picks in that region that could have done better than whatever <laughs> pick players. Well, they're yeah. going to get them all now because Penali and Muse are going back to Korea. True. Marvel's going to go back to Korea. All these, all these players that are about to be dropped are all going back to Korea and no, no, who's just smacking his lips, rubbing his hands together. Like, Ooh, yeah, they're all mine now. You got nowhere else to go, you motherfuckers. You're all gonna come to this team, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good so, benefit yeah. from it for sure. Definitely not without the not outside of the realm of possibility. Imagine them getting Muse. Now I'm starting to believe. Uh, it's some. It's a These players have nowhere design. else to go. These players yeah. have nowhere else to go. Do you want to continue we, playing? Remember, he's on a Canadian visa, not a US visa. These yep. players have nowhere else to yep. go. No, it's Valiant no. sitting there with open arms and no hills like 
try as you might. I can't remember the Thanos quote. Fucking, I'm not gonna try. Yeah, Valiant always comes for you. I don't know, whatever it is. Something about being inevitable. inevitable. Yeah, Yeah. no hills inevitable. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because that's what they need. Valiant need another DPS, so they're gonna get finale. That's what they're gonna do. They need another DPS. No, I've been I've been impressed even with like Becky has been sh- kind of playing well and, and showing up. Dia is mm. obviously a monster. Yeah. I love that Dia came out. Very first map he played was a deadlift. Yeah. Um, very, very pleased that I managed to get that stat line out because I think it just kind of shows the power level he brings straight away off the bat. Like no holds barred. Welcome back to the Overwatch League Dia. Like straight away, map one, bam, there he is, you know. Yep. Ready to go. So really makes you think. Really makes you wonder what what happened there. What was that about that he was just was it wasn't cutting it apparently in the the trials. I don't know. I don't know Overwatch League. I don't know about you sometimes. Yep. Yes, sir. Better start, better start knowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I better recognize. All right. Um. Any. Final thoughts on APAC? Anything else you guys want to mull over? Yeah, Guangzhou need, uh, real, just real quick, Guangzhou obviously needed yeah. a lot of work. They actually started out strong and thought their first game, mm-hmm. minus the Route 66, was reasonable. Choice yeah. of one, still a god on that team. Um, t- that Guangzhou Valiant game was almost like, it was like King Kong versus Godzilla, just Choice of one and, yeah. and Dia going at it, you know. Um, who could carry harder on that team? Mm-hmm. And Guangzhou Charge, much like last year, just going to come down to the Choice of one carry performances. Um, this like kid it. is this kid really is, I think, one of the best players that we have in the league. Because mm-hmm. I, I rate players who can carry under extreme circumstances very highly in terms yep. of mm-hmm. they are losing, but Choice Juan is still putting up numbers and he is still, you know, making the other team sweat individually. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's that good. Yep. So yeah, this this guy needs this guy is right now flitter on flash lux. Yes. Hard deadlifting every single game. Yep. I mean it doesn't help when the charge coaching staff are also putting develop on a considerable amount of Sombra, whom we've talked about as a pee pee poo poo hero. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Charge Choi has like, I think this is his second year, like looking like a top, is, is. not necessarily top performer, but like he is. I think performing he was well a, above the team's like record. If you put him on a team where everyone was worthy of his skill level. Yeah, he'd be like legitimately one of the top DPS players. Definitely, especially in this meta. I don't know about other metas, but in a Genji meta, mm-hmm. dude is straight up one of the best. Mm. Especially with working with minimal around him, he's working with yeah. very little around him, and he's getting output like you wouldn't believe. So, mm-hmm. well, the only DPS to really, well, apparently there's only two, but like he's he's willing this team across the line more often than not because it certainly isn't Rio. Let's be honest. Like, God bless he him. He's okay. been a workhorse, but he's doing okay. I think. Yeah, I think he's probably gets a little bit too much shit, but he's. I mean, Rio is not. He's not throwing. You know, he's. He's not the best, but I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's as awful as people make him out to be. Maybe. Maybe. And anything else, anything, any other pressing matters to attend to in APAC? No, and honestly, like, I'm a little bit bored by Charge. I knew they, yeah, uh, they were up. going to bore me, and they haven't really 
show me anything exciting beyond that, so. Yeah, they're not making it, let's be honest. No. I don't think there's a world they get this together. They're going to have to be a next stage team, it feels like. No. Looking a little rough. Join the boys. NA? NA, NA? Oh, um, uh, the boring region. Yawn. I'm out of here. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> A little bit more uh, Winston. Uh, why would I? Why would I want to talk about bad Overwatch? Yikes! N eight. <laughs> Yikes! <Look at> him. <laughs> oh my god, uh, he's shilling to the max. Uh, no, I just hate this. Like this fucking this narrative that always comes through. All the NA Andy's pop out who who don't watch any APAC yeah, and they'll just see like one annoying. game or one clip. Like, yeah. oh, APAC are doing so weird things. They're playing Ash. Oh. Shut mm. up. Shut up. <laughs> It's not like we're doing anything less weird. You've got fucking. You still got somber here. Don't worry. Out here, You're still. Out here, acting like shit. Acting like fucking half your teams don't do goofy shit. Yeah, Psycho on Doomfist. Let's not forget, boys. Come on. Let's be real. No, the teams that are at least worth talking about um, look okay. Look up, you know, competitive. I think. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see some of these styles clash. You know, some of these Arya and Winston teams like really, yeah. After they've gotten their feet wet within the meta well, and how they want to do things, like what they what they look like against each other now. Well, you know what the craziest um narrative I think in the region right now is is that uh the shock versus Dallas kind of thing, and it's not just mm -hmm. the two teams. It's the it's the matchup styles. Yeah. Like a shock are very much we are in the Winston camp. Yes. And Dallas are very much we are in the Zarya camp. Mm -hmm. And it's not clear. And for what it's worth, I do think those are the two teams that are leading their respective metas globally. Yeah. Across both regions. Um so and the only reason why I haven't settled on an opinion of like which which comp I think is superior is because neither team has kind of faulted with where they are just yet. So mm -hmm. I mean they're both proving that their style is a dominant one so it's kind of like what you're seeing not not as much but it's almost in a sort of certain way like last year's apac versus na of different mm -hmm. styles and you're like well we don't know which one's going to be better yet we're going to see them match up except now both of it's just happening in na at the same time it's yeah. it's two separate styles have developed in na and to be fair it's it's applied over to apac as well because apac is still mixing it up between zara and winston play uh but Man, I think those two teams finally matching up in the kickoff clash will be really exciting. Yeah, that is going to be where sparks fly because in even in like the Winston camp, it feels like Shock also has like their own like little look, right? You look at the Glads game. Was it the Glads game? Did they play Glads? Am I high? I don't know. Who? What did they run recently? Yeah, it was the Glads game. Okay, and the Glads reverse sweep in on Control Map Five. Like yeah. they were running like a lot of like Winston, or Winston Lucio Moira. Some of like this, this all in rush stuff that, it, you know, yeah, not too zombie. many other teams have been running some old school zombie. Yeah. Old school being lost. Yeah. Not something that we've seen out of a team like the Glads, out of Toronto, I guess, prior to the news that dropped this morning. Uh, nothing out of the Justice for sure. Like of the teams that have been like championing the, the more Winston school of thought, not a ton of zombie comp if you want to call it that so it's there they still even seem a little stylistic in their own you know nation zombie was zombie that. was hard meta and alpha by the way a lot of teams were playing oh, really? zombie and alpha. Oh. yeah it was dominating back then it's um, interesting it's, to see that I mean, normally when when 
when when the game is new and things are new, you're gonna just of play basic default, shit, right? And yeah, so you end up defaulting to stuff like that. But mm. yeah, makes sense. Um, in terms of games, what, what do we want to do? Do we want to talk about the the reverse sweep? Then that was kind of potentially match of the week in NA. Could do it. Uh, Glad's Glad's shock was, I think, I think we pegged that as like a. Not a potential banger, but like this should be the match of the week. No, like I feel like that was pretty clear cut across the board and it definitely delivered. It was five maps of, you know, some pretty, some pretty decent Overwatch, all, all things considered. Mm. I think it uh, set some narratives, which, you know, good for the league, not necessarily great for the team. Um, I think Glads are in need of, you know, a removal of this chip on their shoulder that or this 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 shadow they can't shake because this is also kind of looking like it was last season and the whole team has changed this isn't you know something residual it's just for whatever reason these guys can't seem to get it across the line and i don't know if this was necessarily as clear cut to me um in the middle of the series like it was against the dallas fuel whom i still will probably would have put money on that glad should have beat them. Um, this one is a little bit more competitive across the board. Um, saw some patty, but there's also some questions there. So Patty's back. Let's Patty's, go. <laughs> Patty's back, but I, I don't know if he should be. I don't Aww. know. Yeah, I Platchat actually. I think it was reinforced who brought up some of the some of his soldier stats, and they're not good. By the way, and I disagreed doesn't... with the with the soldier argument. Like he said, like uh, Nanovise is one of those ults that get gets high value and like can fry through Lucia beat. I feel Sh like that's, beat. yeah. I feel like that rarely on one happens. play maybe on one play maybe. So yeah, you're yes. you're going through Lucia beat on one person. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't just counter a beat. No, 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 <clears throat> not in the slightest. But I think they're. I think it's more of like it should, not that it is. If if I'm trying to be charitable. Um, but yeah, Patty, I don't know. I'm a little worried for his spot right now. Um, because week one was already like, all right, we'll have to wait and see. And now coming out, missing a week, which it is what it is. Not a huge deal. Coming back in. What and, was that about? Why did he miss a week? Do I know? don't know. If I'm going to be completely honest, I have not a clue. Okay. Because this is, I think we talked about this last week's uh, review as well, where it's just like, okay, like if it's a, if it's a nerves thing, okay, cool. Like don't play him next week, you know, save him for some easy games, give him some, you know, confidence boosting games. You probably don't play him against the shock if that's the case. And here he comes in and not necessarily the most coordinated again, doing some, some goofy things. The, the stats are, have been put out there publicly. They're bottom of the barrel pretty much across the board. Um, it's not good. And I don't know if that needs to change or if you want to try to invest more into that to, you know, correct some of these like heavy flanks or these decisions. It glides just feel very close to being that, that upper echelon team that we kind of expect them to be. But like, there are some things under this hood that needs to be, you know, tuned up a little bit before they get there. To be honest, their only two losses have been these two reverse sweeps. Yeah. I think this is a team that could have very easily been sitting at 4-0 right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in some worlds, they probably should be. Probably, 
Exactly. And I think so. so I think they probably should be sitting at 4 0. I think it's yeah. kind of crazy they've been reverse swept twice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if it's necessarily I, I, I enjoy the narrative. I think it's really cool to like paint gladiators as the team that, you know, struggles in the map fives and you know they they struggle in the clutch. Okay, cool, that's fine. I don't know if two games is necessarily enough to like paint them as that team just yet. Yeah. Like I don't know if I'm ready to the run with that. But well, they, agreed, agreed. Lost as well. They had that issue and it's just But that but that's where I'm like, okay, five. what do I what do we do with this? Because it's not the team. The team's changed. It's not the coaching staff. The coaching staff's changed. Is it just like coincidence that this has just happened? Or like, <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this. It's it's bizarre. I don't know if the Glass know how to deal with it either. Yeah. It, it, it could be a confidence issue. I think, you know, this is could the be. kind of game that confidence matters a lot. Mm. Um, yeah. I, uh, sorry. Go on. Um, I'll say this. I yeah. think I would like to see Ons come in. I think there is space for Widow to work. Um, plenty of teams have shown it. I think his soldier looks to be maybe what they're looking for in terms of play style. Not necessarily super aggressive, but still can flank when needed. Um, and if you're looking for all-star, you know, take the game in your hands, a la happy, a la Ons, right? Like, that's the type of player you want. I feel like that's what you're getting with that package. If there's, if we're running with the narrative that we were kind of establishing in the preseason, where only one of these players needs to really work out, I feel like that right now that's Ons and not necessarily Pattyfan. Kevster's the lock, right? Nobody, nobody draws any questions there. But of the two that we've seen thus far, granted it's only been one week of Ons, I'm a little bit. I'd like to see some more Ons, please. Yeah, he looks better than I thought he would. Um. I will say, man, watching that match, map five against the shock and like the way Reiner carried control center and then someone in the back, like you can't see it on, on broadcast clearly what happened, but like throws it back, dude. Like it's, it was insane. Like I, I feel, I feel for Reiner there because like, I think he got two picks. I think he picks... Sam on Echo, if I'm not mistaken, in that fight, then claps another one, and then they somehow lose that fight still, which yeah. is insane to me. Um, yeah, you're not supposed to lose fights where you're two up temporarily, mm. and mm. I I feel like that's that's like that must be pretty frustrating to to be in that position where you like he he performed very well on Doom there. Um, yep. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like I think this is. This is one of those teams where, I don't know, I feel like if you look back through Overwatch League history, there are teams that mm -hmm. come to these positions and break, and then they never make it to the top. Right. Or there are these teams that have these moments. I'm thinking of San Francisco Shock in uh, Stage 1 against the Titans. Okay. Who break in that moment, lose, but take all that emotion to channel it towards something like mm -hmm. dominant, where like, my God, were they hungry and ferocious and like unstoppable and they were taking zero prisoners. And if they were in your spawn room, that still wasn't enough for them. Right. And sounds like Atlanta. <laughs> yes, that but Atlanta is both at the same time. At any given moment, we flip a coin right. today, right? Um so 
I I don't know. Like the, it's, it's. I think it's a, like a do or die moment culturally, if they mm. can rally and just say, okay, we, dude, like, did you see that? We could have clapped the shock. Like we should have. We're better. We're actually better at Overwatch than the San Francisco shock. We just like are not better at hand handling our uh, ourselves. Mm. And then that same thing is true against Dallas. Those are the two best teams in your region, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think like it's, that's like a... You know how when I interviewed Zess, Zess is like, yeah, well, sh Shanghai is sort of like our biggest competitor, but we kind of clap them, so there's really nobody else. Mm. Right. I feel like if Dallas, uh, if Glatz wins both of those matches, they are now in that position where like, who else? Bring it up. Like, yeah. we farmed it already. It's on farm. And unfortunately, it's not, right? That's, and I, I imagine this is probably a tough internal situation right now. I just hope they can rally around like the the idea that they are so close, and that a lot of their players still have like growth factor, uh, in terms of where they can can go. Yeah, I feel like next week is definitely going to be the test for them because they play Atlanta which we will get to in terms of a preview, but they also play London, and I'm as much as I was coping last week, I'm still wondering how this team stylistically plays into the Rhine garbage. Um, I guess Atlanta maybe is another interesting talking point. I don't know if we're all done with the shock or glads, but they also have changed things up a little bit, playing quite a bit of Gator and Venom, funnily enough. I think um, that's just, uh, I wouldn't read into that too much. It's Atlanta okay. bullying a weak team. They're like, yeah, this is the worst team in the league. We can literally fucking play four people, maybe win. I don't want to shit talk Vancouver <laughs> that hard, but I mean, I think it's a clear sure. gap here. And it's one of those times where like, dude, this is this is the, that Shanghai moment last year where mm -hmm. they dropped and developed and who are you for a game and fucking Molly played. Do you know what I mean? Like, I it's, do. It's, <sighs> I'm, I'm interested because I, I do, I, I hear that. And I and I see it because again, it's against Vancouver. It's not against anybody else. But I do have to wonder if like they are concerned about the Doomfist as a pick as it stands right now. They should and be. They're trying to, they should be. And that's where I'm like, okay, is this a sign or is this just like? But throw Hawks him in. of offtake play. He can just play the Zarya. It's not a problem. This is this is not Houston no. where Dante comes in and he has to play the sure. Doom. Agree. Um, and I know what people are going to say, yeah, Dante used to be an off-tape player. That was a long-ass time ago. Maybe mm. he still is good, but I, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But I mean, yeah, I just... I do I have to wonder if Atlanta are like hesitant to like pick it up or if they've run it at all and they're not keen on it or you know what have you. Oh, no, 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 no. I saw them in Alpha. They were dominating on Zarya. Okay. They were good at Zarya. Okay. They were good at that Zarya Reaper shit. Atlanta started it. I mean, they were fucking right. good. They, okay. This is not at all a composition they would be uncomfortable on. Mm. Um, okay. So, and they got time to figure that out. I think they can. They can. Them of any team should be very comfortable with transitioning onto Zarya gameplay. Mm. If that is, if that is going to be the NA meta, and I think for them, I assume they want to keep Hawk in more. I think. I think this was just Gator's map or Gator's match because you know okay. Vancouver, whatever, and low stakes. Um, and yeah, they'll be playing. You'll see Nero come back in as well. They'll be playing Nero on the mm -hmm. Reaper, Kai Soldier, Hawk Zarya, 
you know, Lucio Anna, they'll just keep doing that mm-hmm. shit and, and that'll be good. They can basically play the same stuff as what Dallas are doing and play right. that style. And there's a real chance that, like playoffs last year, Atlanta might even end up, by the time we get to the tournament, being better than Dallas on that comp. There's a, there's a chance for it. Yeah, like, I'm not saying it will happen, but like, you know, we've seen Atlanta play up to and beat NA at its own game multiple times. And Atlanta, if there's one thing Atlanta is great at, it's beating teams in their own region. They're amazing yes. at doing that. Yes. And it usually comes from a very, you know, bold style. It's very, you know, poignant, sticks out a little bit. Um, and funnily enough, we end the kickoff clash in NA with a head to head between the Gladiators and Atlanta, a team or two teams that I felt like ran the gauntlet last year and only one of them consistently made it to Hawaii. Yes, one of them, only one of them won a stage title, but it felt like Atlanta was playing spoiler to Glad's last year. And with the information that you've presented to me now, knowing that they've ran quite a bit of Zarya in the Alpha coming into this, they should be comfortable playing or at least you know going back to it. Um, I have to wonder if Glad's is not going to adapt and they're going to continue to run this Winston and we still struggle to see where nobody's really developed a blueprint. Does Atlanta throw out the Zarya and they beat Glad's? I don't know. Space Connor play? Has Space played yet? Has he Uh, actually played played yet at all? Circuit Royal, yes. I know for Oh, yeah, he came in for the circuit. I remember that now. But they don't even run him on circuit anymore. Rhino plays circuit now. Mm -hmm. Which is concerning to me. Unless they really feel like they understand how to play the Winston into the Zarya, which no team, in my eyes, judge that however you will, um, has shown me like a decent look at that. Justice, Glad's beat Boston week one, but I don't know if they beat Boston now. I don't know. It's you, a little weird. You know, the f- interesting thing is, I feel like someone has shown a decent look at that. Florida hasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, I think it's a little tricky and like I think they understand to a decent degree how team fights work. Mm-hmm. I think rotationally, I think that it's just a hard task to have it all fully downloaded, and that that's why like they lose on objective time and whatnot. Sure. Yeah, but like I feel like from the from the main tank players. Or from the tank players, the players I would most trust to get the Winston and the Zarya down is first and foremost someone. Yep. And then I I feel like Reiner can. Okay. Like, well, surely Kaluge would do that. He's to, literally yeah. off tank players kind yeah. of owning on Winston. Like like shock. I'm I'm waiting for the moment that shock decides to I don't know if they will because they're kind of the ones leading the charge on Winston, but yeah. I, I'm still waiting for the moment where like they bamboozle everybody. Go, oh, you thought we were the Winston team, but you forgot Kalu's mm. an off-tank player. Yeah. Boom, here's Zarya. Like that can happen at the, in a moment's notice. You know? Yeah, not wrong. <clears throat> yeah. I wonder if they've got that in their bag of tricks. I'd be very interested to see, you know, some of these, you know, once we get into playoffs, map pick and bands come out and you start to see teams like really flex their playbook. We're going to get some, some pretty damn good overwatch, I think. He thinks that uh, some of these teams are going to get found out if they can't play these styles because I think we end week three. I said as much on Twitter, like justice into Boston. That loss is like very telling as to like the style isn't going anywhere. And like, I think there is room for Winston to work, but like something has to change. Like you can't just be diving into, you know, 
houses with the Reaper or, or diving into these chokes with Reaper like staring at you. Like it's just not gonna it's not gonna function. Mm-hmm. So we will see. I'm very interested to see how this this next what, week. What other out. game did you guys uh, as we round out the episode? What other games did you guys want to dive into from NA here? Uh, without going into every single Let's one, see. maybe the Boston well, Boston Washington is interesting because yeah, it was the game so they bad. they kind of ditched Striker and said we don't need him, and then Washington, I would even say got upset there. Um, what else was an interesting yeah. game? Yeah, Houston London. That was less interesting. That it was, was extremely interesting. High on my face because <laughs> because I said Houston, we're gonna three zero, baby. Let's fucking go. Um, can I just say analytically? That is a game I wish I casted because mm-hmm. I'm really big on the matchup analysis, mm-hmm. and I'm I was very big on the fact that look, if Houston play with Dante, London's Ryan style is not going to work because mm-hmm. it gets dominated by Doomfist, and it got dominated. It, it got fucking fisted, as yeah. I predicted. Um, but at the same time, like I I felt like maybe Piggy versus Hardy wouldn't be good, but then even that got proven wrong. Like so, even the oh, yeah. narrative of me saying like, yeah, okay, if Houston don't play Dante and Piggy versus Hardy comes through, maybe London can win this game. But mm. then you see that game, that map three, and Piggy comes out on Orion. It's actually kind of okay. I'm like, ooh, interesting. And if you, people, here's the thing: people wonder why did Houston run Piggy on map three? Are they trying to clown on London? Do they not respect London? You know, why don't they just run? Dante and win. Well, because Doomfist sucks on Circuit Royale. Yeah. Number one. That's that's pretty much it. So, you know. And we saw the Houston tweet last year. Mm. The Houston fan tweet. Last, I won't say the person did it, but it's a good meme. The Houston fan tweet last year when Shock ran Super on Genji. Mm-hmm. It's like, how dare you, Krusty? No respect. You know, all that. And this this kind of feels like that moment again where like Houston is just fucking punching down on London by playing Piggy on Ryan, right? Mm. But no, I swear it's it's the strategically right call for Houston because your off tank player normally plays that map anyway. Yep. Uh, I don't think Dante plays any Ryan, whereas Piggy might play some Ryan, and he did. So that made total sense to me. And you're not going to run Sigma into into, no. into a Ryan, so you're going to play Ryan versus Ryan there, hundred percent. And they've shown so, in the past. They showed it against Shock. Like they don't feel. I don't know if it's they don't feel necessarily super comfortable on that map in particular, or they just think like that's the the best style that they can run. Um, so it it checks out. It's not like a, some sort of style pick. Um, yeah, I was I was trying to get a little too creative with it. I was like, oh, maybe they could like parry the Doom engages, but no, you can just like mega flank these teams and. It's just you get caught up in the in the undertow a little bit, and London kind of got slapped up. I don't think they played particularly well, but yeah, stylistically, like yeah, it was it was it's pretty rough. It wasn't good, not a good look. Nope. So hope we'll have to see what uh, London looks like in week four because I don't think they're getting off the. I don't think they're stepping with the gas pedal. I think they're definitely going to pepper in a little bit more Winston dive, but even then. You have to wonder if that's even fallen out of Vogue. So it's it's not bad for London, but uh, not not ahead of the eight ball, let's say. So far, so good in kickoff clash, but uh, their chances for making it it's tight. It's not great. Um, Washington, Boston. I've I've been impressed with Boston, Zarya. I will say. I think if you replay some of these games, I'm gonna be honest. 
I think if Glads pair off against Boston in like kickoff clash playoffs, like early enough, depending on what that looks like, I think they might even like because I think we're maybe Avril, you can confirm or deny, or maybe you can't speak to this. Um, but are we doing like a pick show again? Like, are they the teams like the higher seeded teams picking no who they want to play? Okay, they should though. I think they, should. they should. I agree. Apparently, um, Eric's saying top four picks. So there it is. Okay, so if if we're running with the idea of the top four picking, which it seems like. It's normally been the case in the past. <clears throat> I do wonder if Boston can they can they make it? They're on the button. I don't know. Do they play? Nah, they're probably not making it. Never mind. If they if they did make it, let's hypothetically say let's let's say they did they did make it. I wonder how far down. I think people would be pretty surprised at how far down maybe Boston goes um, in terms of like pick order, right? You, you're like, oh, we pick Boston here. They're bad. <laughs> That's again, these style matchups are a little bit. You pick, uh, I was gonna say, you pick London. No, uh, they probably won't make it, will they? (laughs) You would definitely pick London, though, because they're the most single note team. Yes. Um, You probably end up picking. Defiant. Who? Yeah, Defiant. It's a good shout. Well, Defiant are now one note because they don't have Muse. So you know they're they're not running any Winston. Nope. Houston can be a bit one note as well because. True. Um, yeah, okay, Piggy came out on the Rhine, but no one cares about Ryan anymore, except nope. for London. Uh, <laughs> Piggy could play the Zarya, I suppose it's like a potentially dangerous thing. Could. But. But have we seen it though? I don't know. The thing is, as soon as you know who, which player is in, you know what strat they're running. Yep. Um, that's the good news about teams like Florida, right? They can be super flexible on mm-hmm. their one, on their one tank, which is why someone is so valuable. I think someone is... I'm gonna say it. I don't think he's the best tank, but I think he's the most valuable tank yep, because agree. he is so flexible that you legitimately don't have a read on what Florida are necessarily gonna do mm-hmm. because this guy can change up his tank pool and just play whatever, right? Yep. Whereas you play up against any other team, you look at the substitution, you're like, okay, they're playing a Zarya strat, they're playing a Winston strat, they're playing a Doom strat. Very clear. I think the only, and we still haven't seen enough of this, the only other tank that I'm, like, convinced of, I think Kalush can be that tank, but we have to see that, first and foremost, out of shock. Um, I do think Hanbin can be that tank, and we have seen that a little bit with him on the, the Winston. Um, and I think he's played Doom. I could be wrong there. But I, I trust and believe that Hanbin can be does that. play Doom. Yes. Um, does play Doom. The only other one I'm looking at is Punk. And I still need a little bit more time to like review that Winston play and see how they play around it. But like, I'd like to just see more punk. I'd like to just not see it's all if I'm to be completely honest. I think he is of the caliber of of Damn, tank dude, player. Hate it. Play. I'm kidding. Um, I think you're <laughs> I getting think to the stage great. now where if punk can develop his Winston more, it's all won't. There'll just be no reason to yeah. play it's all at all. I think. And even am I? I have to actually pull this up because like I am confused as to all fuck when it comes to like their circuit royal because i feel like i remember uh boston subbing in it's all on circuit royal as their winston player and then actually playing winston on the shitty winston map he thinks yes, they did yes they did they did that's goofy that, uh, <laughs> that was a bad so call. odd that was a bad so call. strange just leave punk in enough with the mcd swapping like boston are very close like who do they they play dallas which is already tough and i feel like that's their last game maybe eric can 
tell me if I'm wrong in chat, but yeah, it looks like they just play Boston to round out week four and or Boston plays Dallas rather. And that's their qualifier. That's their key into contention for playoffs. And that's already uh, a very difficult ask. So it doesn't look great for their playoff chances. Um, but if somehow, some way they get in, I think they are going to be a little dangerous for these, uh, these Winston teams. Uh, and if I'm going to be honest, I think they probably deserve to be in. Um, just in terms of like the skill level that I think they're at on the composition that I think sh- could be like... It, I think it is leading the pack. I think it's leading in playtime. I think it is like the next step up the the meta rung or the meta ladder, if you want to call it that. Um, and I think like they're pretty. I think they're pretty even with Dallas, but I I do think Dallas is probably a step above and definitely of the higher caliber of players. So I think they probably win that head to head in the mirror. So. Well, let's not Sucks. get too deep into into the previews. Yes, yes, yes. I think we're basically done here for any other, uh, unless there was anybody else that wanted to bring up any other team yeah. or matchup or thing interesting. Um, I think great. Mm. Pretty decisive week. It felt like. Who do we think is the best? Who do we think is? I don't. I don't. I'm not asking for power ranking. Mm-hmm. Who's the best team in NA right now? What's your What's your like top three? Fuel shock well, lads. Fuel shock. Fuel shock glads. Fuel shock glads in that order. Uh, I guess it kind of has to be, but I'm with what Avril has said to me now about Atlanta. I was concerned. I thought they were going like my my read on them coming into the Vancouver match or at least post Vancouver match was that like the doom. They were done with the doom. They're bringing Gator. They were going to be like the Winston team and that's what they were going to run. But if knowing that they were playing quite a bit of Zarya in the alpha, I'm interested to see what they look like. It could four. still be the Winston team. I mean, maybe Brad just makes the wrong goal and they just end yeah. up trolling on Winston instead. <laughs> I'm, saying, I, I, I'm not saying Winston's a troll pick, but I'm just no. saying like, you know, we do, I'm slowly leaning more Zarya and I'm the more I see Zarya, the more I'm leaning Zarya instead of, uh, yeah. instead of Winston. I don't, not on every single map, but no. yeah, I mean. It makes sense. I mean, like we haven't seen... I think there are theoretical ways that these Winston teams can work. I'd like to see them change up their tempo. I think you have to like find ways to bait out these bubbles. I'm interested to see what an echo looks like. The neutral. I think the Winston just loses the neutral. It's like really sad Could to be. see. Yeah. Because uh, we haven't seen anybody like do a great job beating it against teams that have like really ironed this out again you look at like the i think a lot of people are going to like look at week one and go oh well what happened to boston glads it's like yeah but that's week one and it's boston and they didn't really get their shit together and they still took a map and the map was pretty all right i'm trying really hard to see if i can justify doing a shock overfuel can i do that because it would it would come down to a lot of hypotheticals are like oh kaluj mm-hmm. might be fucking really good on the zarya haven't seen it though so it's like a risk exactly a risk for me to, to try and bank that um fuck uh could they be maybe but with what we've seen thus far and if we're gonna be chair if we're if we're saying that the zarya comp is the meta right like that's where the team should be going moving forward and winston just kind of like pairs well or does not pair well into it I feel like Dallas is kind of has to take that spot. 
Especially if Sock don't really show us anything else to go by and we're just to believe that Kaluj can not only play the Zarya, which I think is, is oh, no, trustworthy. Hang on. I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up. Okay. The best team is the Gladiators who should have beaten both Shock and Dallas. Let's go! <laughs> boom, boom, Gladiators! They should have, uh, they should have won. No. Um, I think Dallas is the safer number one. Yeah, yeah, it's the safer number one. I think I think Shock still have a gear left. I, I think they've hidden a sixth gear. I think they're only on five. I think they've Possibly. hidden one. I mean, it would be the shock. There's stuff, there's stuff I know they can play that they haven't done yet. Mm. Um, so Ooh. it's I'm not convinced. He's leaking. I'm just, I'm just, no, no, I'm just saying they can they can they can switch to Zarya very quickly. Yeah. Um, Should be able and to. yeah, they 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 have the capability to also a team that can come back from reverse sweep. I mean, Dallas did as well, but Shock doing that, I think, really proved their their resilience in the series, especially with a team full of rookies like fuck me. Like that was mm-hmm. very impressive. Yep. I was very I was more impressed by the shock reverse sweep than the Dallas one because of the just the fact that first of all, it's the second one and glads normally normally when you get reverse sweep, you're you're coming in real fired up for the the next match and you're not sure. just gonna like get reverse sweeped again, right? Surely clueless. Um but then it happened again. I think that's credit to Shock for being able to to close that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I still think Proper is the best rookie so far with with some crazy pop off uh, potential. I don't think Reap is the right hero for him in terms of not that he's bad or not, but just like you know, you want to see him on the wasting. very heavy pop off heroes. Yeah. You're, you're kind of wasting his talent on a Reaper. Uh, that being, um, but then again, Edison's Reaper has been so phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Edison's Reaper POV is so clean. He's well supported. He's very well supported, mm-hmm. and he's hits great shots. And he's he has just the right amount of measured aggression. Yep. I think he's right on the edge. He's right on the edge of like, if I if I go even like a few percent higher than this, I will die. Yes, and I think you saw that in the playing, game. He's just he's just balancing this fucking tightrope dance on the Reaper, just to where his limits are. Mm-hmm. I think he does that very well. Yep. They're looking quite good. And it's like, if Shock can pull out that sixth gear, if they can go super Saiyan Ultra Instinct, whatever the fuck One Piece does, shown in this, that, whatever, and they have like a Zarya comp that they can pull out, like they have the pieces to do it. It's just that play style is just so different from Dive and the Winston comp that like to trust that they can do both at like an extremely high level is is tough to say. Maybe we see that week four. They play Vancouver. Maybe they show us a look. Maybe they do a little styling. Maybe they do a little, you know, test drive of the comp. Maybe it looks good. Who's to say? But I think, I don't yeah. think, I think they should hide it as much as possible, in my opinion. I would be I should, excited for that, too. Should, I think they should only test it in scrims and, mm. and never. That being said, scrims get leaked all the time between yes, teams. <laughs> so who knows? People talk, so. for sure. But, like, that that's definitely different than showing it on stage, of course. Um, that I mean, it sets up an interesting narrative if if Shock can pull that out and what that looks like. It's it feels like a very clear like one one two or at least one A one B, where it's like Shock has this style that they're almost perfected, and Dallas has this style they're almost perfecting. Like you said, it feels like they're kind of leaning the globe in terms of the meta. What happens in the clash? Does does somebody you know wave the flag and just opt for the other comp or? Do they just run it the entire seven games? Hopefully it's seven games. Hopefully I'm not just airheading here. But I mean, I can totally see a, a Shanghai versus Dallas situation like last year in June Jowls where Dallas actually did lead the meta 
and Shanghai ended up having to be like, oh fuck, we need to change shit. And then just like over, not not quite overnight, but like very quickly turn that script around and, you know, just fucking change their yeah. comps up. They, they just came out on this ball and they just started winning, right? I don't know. That was just, that. that's, I mean, that still goes down as like one of the like, not the craziest adaptations, but like to be able to do that on the, not on that, not just on the fly, but like with at least some short prep time, like that's impressive. That's a, that's a, that's a different team and shock have the pieces to do that. They have the coaching staff to do that. Like this would be the like little brother to that kind of performance and like a sign of the future and a sign of like what the season has to hold. If shock can spin on the dime and completely at least go toe to toe they don't even have to win in in my books if they can go toe to toe with dallas on their comp and then swap to dallas's comp and still compete with them but maybe like lose in the 24th hour like that's already impressive to me that that would be jaw-droppingly like that that's a that's a team that you have to be scared of everybody has to be scared of and i think okay. they already should be but yeah mm -hmm. Let's wrap up. Uh, thank you for tuning in to 2.35. We're past the 20s now. I think we're tuning in to 2.35. We're going to head over to 2.36 for the preview. So tune in. Get into that episode as well. We'll see you extremely soon, hopefully.